Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you done yet? We gotta start the show. fans welcome back to the black go hockey podcast it is sunday february 16th 2020 and this is episode 166 brought to you by awesome show sponsor betonline.ag go to betonline.ag and use code clns50 when you sign up for a free account get a nice little bonus for um it's a welcome bonus so um, we have a ton of app stuff to talk about this week, and uh, joining me, as always, is my friend Heather. Heather, how's it going, man? It is going fantabulous. It's, it's, How has your week been? You what? think my energy last week was high? Wait till you see me this week. You were... I mean, I'm usually the hyperactive I'm one. I'm telling you, it's you like the Aerosmith song, the train keeps it rolling all night long. It train just, kept it rolling, I love that song. Yeah, it just keeps going in my head every time I see this boston bruins team play regardless of a speed bump we had um in detroit it was one game i know we'll, we'll get to it we'll get to it definitely um but before uh, i'm sorry how how's your week um my week was okay a little busy kids going into february vacation for this week in massachusetts Ooh, so pull uh, your hair up. yeah a little um <laughs> my son didn't have a little hockey game yesterday and admittedly i skipped extra skating because it was like seven degrees out and i am not the parent that ever lets your kids skip anything unless you're sick but i right. went outside to start the car and i was like i'm not that committed to this extra skating he can just go to practice in the morning yeah so I made that decision. It was but, damn cold. Yeah, it was good. Watch some TV, watch some movies, plow through The Handmaid's Tale. Nice. And, uh, and obviously you did your research because there's a shit I actually ton of am mostly prepared right on the, uh, in the studio today. Look, you know I'm. <laughs> I you know I like my notes, but I have the ongoing battle for those of you out there. Like I don't, my internet never is like a consistent uh, like access. So I have crazy systems in which I use like other people's phones because I have. A phone so old, half of you weren't probably alive when I got the when the phone was first invented, uh, and all this system. And even today, like I usually have to use it for two seconds before yeah. we go on. But 
I'm actually, I got it, not like last week. Part of my problem last week was I was like, ah, I got like all these papers prepped, but nothing actually yeah. written down where I want it to be. But things are all right. Good week for the Bruins. I mean, sad Monday. Phone thing. Oh, yeah. But what can you do? Being yeah. pod, bad call. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, my week was good. I, uh, a lot of, filled with a lot of work. 40-hour work week is always uh, a pleasant. But, um... It's a three-day weekend for me, so I'm I'm extra pumped for that, and I'm nice. just happy to to be back. And we're talking some Boston Bruins hockey, but uh, uh, a couple shout-outs I want to give before we get rolling into the whole uh, Bruins centric. Um, gotta say, happy birthday to Grace Nystrom. Grace is the uh, wife of our very own Black and Gold podcast um, uh, IT guy, writer, friend, and. Uh, uh, business associate when you think about our podcast and website together so and uh and his name is thomas nice from uh solid guy does a ton of stuff for us uh, but happy birthday to grace uh she's a fantastic woman i met her once we went to a bruins thing together back in the day when we all met in boston so uh these these two guys are, are unbelievable people so Enjoy your day, Grace. Well, they say it's your birthday. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Okay, There's sorry. no singing in the studio, even though I... it's Grace's birthday. Anyway, uh, and uh, I got to shout out a uh, longtime Black and Gold Hockey Podcast listener, Eric Blackie's mother. Uh, she is celebrating today. Uh, the family's all getting together in the Granite State. That is New Hampshire, if you don't know your state nicknames. But she is celebrating uh, a retirement party. And uh, Linda Blackie uh, worked as a uh, visiting nurse. Uh, we all need those, especially in the old ages when you can't do things on your own. You rely on great people. But uh, Linda was uh, a visiting nurse for 41 years. Wow. So congratulations to Linda. Um, Long-lasting retirement, healthy, of course. Uh, you have a great kid in Eric. He's a huge supporter of ours. And, and uh, another guy in the family named Chris Blackie, so... And we are big fans of uh, of Chris and, and, and Eric, of course. So uh, congratulations on your retirement. So bringing it back to Boston Bruins, really related news. A little tongue-tied there. Yeah. yeah. Um, You're doing great, guy. You're doing great. Let's do the last week's games. Um, last week was an interesting week, to say the least. And it didn't start off all that well. Um, the Boston Bruins continued their struggles against the Detroit Red Wings and um, lost by the score of 3-1 to one in Detroit. Um, and, yeah, it was not, not good at all. It was a game that Brad Marchand has even said that uh, in, in post-game interviews that that was a game that they thought they had control of, but didn't have complete control of it and uh, said that they should have won and we'll talk about a better effort later on. Um, but the, 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 the streak continued at this point with this loss on uh, Sunday, February 9th. Um, the, uh, the, it's a five-game losing streak against this team. And yeah. it's, it, this is now a growing concern because this, this team, Detroit team, seems to be um, plummeting they're already at the bottom of the league. We get that, but it's just a team that's in transition. I think we talked about Steve Eisenman's going to turn this whole thing around, but these are teams you definitely need the two points. Uh, no excuses. Yeah. Um, so 
at the um, in the there's no goals in the first period. Uh, second period had Brandon Perlini from the Red Wings scoring at the 207 mark, and the only Bruins goal in the third period to start that ending frame was Tory Krug. Uh, scoring his eighth at the 33-second mark of the third period to tie the game up at one. Yep. I was very happy. I was like, that a boy, Tori. That a boy. But no one followed his lead. No one came with him. Right. Like it, I'm just... So, Thanks, uh, Tori. After Tori Krug's goal at the 7-10 mark of the third period, Andres Athanasiu um, gets, scores his six on the power play. And at the seven ten mark of the third, if I didn't say that already, and then Andreas scores again uh, at the nineteen thirty one mark of the third period, ending the game at three to one. Just a um, terrible effort, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna have these games. Uh, Tukarask stopped seventeen of nineteen, and um, I mean we're gonna have these games. It's not. It's it's never gonna. This but I just, the the playing down to your opponent thing has just got to stop, and it's it's been so Bruins for so many years that they take this opportunity to flop a freaking nutter. Um, Detroit has thirty two points, and at least four of those points are are from us. Like that's ridiculous. But we had got Heinen and Carlo back on. They were back. Back in the fold, I said, Heinen suddenly, oh, hi, there you are. Uh, what concerns me is that we had 40 shots and only Tory Krugs went in. And that is not to take anything away from their goaltender because when you face 40 shots from one of the best teams in the league, you got to be on your game, right? But that's a little ridiculous. They scored three goals in 19 shots and we scored one goal in 40 shots. And in continues to concern me that the Ottawa's and the Detroit's of the world and the Devils of the world and those teams, obviously the Devils are a lot better team and even Ottawa's a lot better team, just overall as Detroit, like we talked about. They're young, they're like they're a mess, they'll be okay in a couple years. It is concerning because you cannot play like that. You can't. That kind of like deer in the head. Like, it, yeah, no, no, I was shocked because they say, like I don't, Get it, because like you said, it wasn't like they just outplayed us. They outplayed us because they kept playing. And I get they're probably at a point in their season where they're like, well, let's just mess it up for everyone else, right? <laughs> because they don't really have anything to play for except for, you know, winning the lotto or whatever. But it concerns me a lot because this is a really good team, and we are a team that puts fear in a lot of te- other teams. But Detroit ain't scared of us. And if Detroit's not scared of us, how are we supposed to expect Washington to have a little bit of nervousness? Like, you know, I just... That's just what I'm looking for. Like, mm, no, I'm not asking anyone to be perfect. I'm not a person who thinks my team should never lose yeah. a game. But I just don't think my team should be able to beat, uh, you know, whatever, beat Washington yeah. or even Montreal or something flop. like that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And not be able to beat Detroit. Oh, That's you. concerning to me. But good thing is on Wednesday. Wednesday, February 12th, 2020. One of my favorite matchups of all time. The, these two original six um, organizations, they just uh, continue to put the battle into each other. And, and it is one of those rivalries that you kind of see floating away and moving somewhere else. But to us older people, and, and this always stays fresh in our minds 
as a, as a as a turning point to get hyped up for. I think when people say that, they mean anybody under the age of 20. Yeah. Because Damn anybody who's been a Bruins fan longer than the last 15 seasons or whenever Zdeno Chara signed his contract, in even the first few years, I mean, it's only been... Just because the last couple years we keep running into Toronto, and again, that's another lifelong rivalry, right? But again, I really, like, even when I'm cold and dead, I'll always hate the blue and red. Like, I can't. I get mad just thinking about it. I get mad thinking about the city of Montreal because I know that's where the Canadians are and they are French Canadians. And that's why I just, it's, to me, it's always the bigger rival. It doesn't matter how bad or good one of these other teams. I don't get that. Like when Toronto shows up, I want to beat them because they're another original six team and they're in my division. I want to beat Montreal because even if we were the Detroit freaking Red Wings, I would want four of my 32 points yeah. coming no, from you them. It. You know what I mean? Well so, said. Well I'm said. sorry. So I, I just want everyone, anybody over the age of 20 should still hate this team. It's like Philadelphia. I can't, like, I don't hate them the way I hate Montreal, but, like, I just yeah. get amped up. Like, all of a sudden, it's going to be it's 1974, like and I want some people like, fighting, and just, like, it's going to be ugly. I hope someone beats up Gritty. Nothing would make me happy oh if Blade just takes on Creepy Gritty. No, okay. I'm yeah. Sorry. Back back to Montreal. Yay! Yeah. Um, the Boston Bruins, big, big win at home against this uh, rival. David Pasternak gets started in the first period, scoring his 39th goal. And continues to be just red, red hot this season. Uh, assisted by Marshan at the 6.59 mark of the first period. Giving the Bees a one nothing lead. And he starts off the second period the same. This time crossing the 40 goal threshold on the year. Assisted by Corrali at the 4.16 mark of the second period. Going up deuce over these Canadians. Uh, Nick Suzuki, unfortunately, scores his 12th from uh, Marco Scandella at the 4.52 mark of the second period, and it's a, it cut the deficit 2-1. to one. But David Pasternak comes back and just an unassisted hat-trick goal for his 40, 41st on the power play at the 15.45 mark of the second period, gets a two-goal lead over these Canadians, and they didn't look back. In the third period, Patrice Bergeron at the 1940 mark of the period scores his 24th from Marchand and seals the deal with a 4-1 victory. Again, I wanted to give a shout-out to, not even a shout-out, it's not a positive shout-out, but was was at the 1940 mark, mm -hmm. was that a regulation uh, or was it an empty net? It was an empty netter. See, why don't they list that? I don't understand. Well, what I, I thought it was an empty netter. I, I thought it was too. Yeah. I just wish they would, just to make sure that I'm not sounding I wrote like, down it was an empty netter because I think it was when they had pulled in. NHL.com, shout out, oh, yeah, please. From, this is an, what does yours say? I, my, what I looked says. at said empty netter for Marshawn. Yeah, see, that's all it says right there. It doesn't even say anything about empty net. We're going with I think it was an empty so, net. So NHL.com. Suck. But I think it doesn't matter if it was or not. It was an empty net goal because I said so. No, right. I'm just kidding. It was an empty netter. <laughs> the rules. Um, <laughs> but regardless, a huge win. Um, David Pasternak scores a hat trick. And I'm not even this is Is this his fourth of the season? Or is it third? I think it's his third. So, I mean, he's just, I don't know he's for just sure. unbelievable. He takes over the lead uh, for the uh, most goals in the league, I believe. It's it's him and somebody else. That's Austin very Matthews. Austin Matthews, yeah, figures. Um, they're going back and forth, but it's, it's, it's exciting. And I just, this kid is really just coming into his own, and I love it. But um, 
Tuka Rask was in net on this game. And uh, he stopped 28 of 29. Looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. Continues to look good uh, post All-Star break slash um, bye week. You know, this team is just really gelled. And, and, and it starts with him. It goes from him all the way out to the guys in front of him that are supporting him on the regular. And it's, it's just really good to see. Uh, you can tell that they're testing Tuka for coming towards playoffs because now he's playing more in a row. You know what I mean? And, yeah. I mean, I know Yarrow was sick, and, st- and that was partly why, like, on Sunday he played versus Detroit. He wasn't supposed to, you know, kind Good of one. thing. I uh, but, about that. Uh, yeah, Tuka's, yeah, buddy, you're doing what I need you to do. Exactly. It's just, I mean, like I, like I said last week, these are the types of games that seem like they're playoff series types games. That they're, The way they're closing them out, except for that, like I said, the speed bump in Detroit. But Well, I'm pretty sure we're done playing Detroit for the season, right? Was that all of our games I, we played three I don't versus know. them? I don't know. I, th- I thought I heard Jack say that there might be one more game. There might be. Could be wrong. I'll look but later. at me, you guys know... Guys send me all kinds of uh, love stuff anyway. So. I do know this week there was another one in Detroit. Though. Yes, there well, was. actually it was in Boston, not in Detroit. Great way to segue. Finally, we we figured out the the Detroit Red Wings, uh, the Boston Bruins get a big win, four to one yesterday afternoon, and an awesome awesome win to snap a five game losing streak against this Detroit team. But um, the it didn't start off so good. Uh, the Darren Helm goal, his ninth from at the three twelve mark of the first period, got things um, off to a trouble start. And uh, but the second period uh, or or the break, the first intermission, um, Cassidy must have said some inspirational or, or one of the leaders and quiet leaders in the room must have stepped up and said, "We need to beat this freaking team," and and came out with with a vengeance to to close everything out to shut this team right down yeah i feel like chara went in the room was like i don't want to listen to 98.5 if we lose to detroit again let's go boys exactly <laughs> you know he's always positive i can't see him being like quit the shit which is really <laughs> but jolly mcavoy starts the second period at the 801 mark um tying the game with his second uh goal of the season Patrice Bergeron next on the line uh, at the 940 mark on the sh- it was a shorthanded goal, his 25th uh, to get the Bruins to a 2-1 to lead. And uh, that was from Marshan. And Charlie Coyle, South Weymouth's favorite son, gets his 13th goal at the 1230 mark of the second period from McAvoy and Heinen. Heinen got a point. Wow. Mm-hmm. I wonder if people are still going to shit on him. But in the third period, to close the deal, David Pasternak scores his 42nd goal from Marshan. Marshan scores his 50. We'll talk about, I mean, assisted on his 50. We'll talk about that later. They're at the 13.03 mark of the final frame, giving the Boston Bruins a 4-2-1 victory, snapping a five-game winless streak against this nagging club, as I said. And Tuca looked good again. Twenty-five out of twenty-six shots. Certainly did. Certainly 962. did. Nine sixty-two. Yes. He likes being on top. He's he has smiles. You know, Tuca's not really a big smiler, but that picture of him on the top of that leaderboard, like that, that, like classic. Oh, yeah. Like they take the pictures of the elite folks. Uh, if you uh, you know refuse to like them, support them, or whatever, and continue to hate them, this is a shit sandwich for you, friends. <laughs> but 
with that. It's always counterproductive. He's our goalie. Don't you want him to play well? I, I don't get it. Okay. Yeah, I don't get it either. It's just, well, you know, he, you know, loses sometimes. He, all right. Vasilevsky doesn't lose. Well, you're right. He doesn't. Well, he did a lot before he we'll started. We'll bring this up now. I don't give a shit. The Tuca hate has focused, has been focused to other areas of the team. And it's obviously Danton Heinen. Is one of them, yes. Yeah. So once Heinen starts doing good and possibly Tuca does not start off next season very good, yeah. then it will be back on. They're like, oh, this guy never wins big games. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. But, okay. yeah. Well, cool. Well, I'm just saying, statistics say otherwise. Yeah, and, and again, you know I'm the first one. But I don't, I don't get on them unless they deserve it. So you'll never hear me giving Tuka hate unless sometimes I got to be like, Tuka, what the bleak, 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 bleak. <laughs> That's my censorship. True that. All right. So before we uh, go to the upcoming schedule, we got to hear from the great show sponsor, betonline.ag. Um, the hockey season is in the middle of, of, its, of its campaign, along with basketball. NCAA March Madness is coming up. And even if you want to drop... A dollar or two or maybe a thousand. Who knows? Yeah, a thousand. The, I like that. On the XFL, um, the, the new league or, or league that uh, has been revised, um, relived or whatever. Yeah. You can uh, bet on all worldwide sports that are on betonline.ag's website. Um, but And even golf. Golf is in, is in there and, and the Academy Awards are obviously over. But as you can find, the odds... With our exclusive sportsbook partner, Bet Online, uh, they have been in the industry for over 20 years, providing customers with the first to market odds and giving you the ability to bet anytime, anywhere. Head over to BetOnline.ag and use code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, and have a little fun with some betting action today. Bet Online. AG, your online sports book experts. So Heather, we have, I believe, four games coming up this uh, this week and um, uh, starting on the road. So why don't you give us a, a heads up on uh, the action that people could be going to betonline.ag and placing bets on uh, the the road trip. Okay, well, we're probably not going to be able to get them into bet on this game because they'll hear this after this game happens because we're playing the Rangers at 3.30 today at Madison Square Garden. Uh, it's Hockey Day in America or yes. something like that. Yes. I, I Salute, myself already in spent my hour and a half in the rink this morning. Not too, too early. 8 o'clock. Anybody who's a hockey family knows that's like, wow, that's not bad. Okay, so... Uh, the Rangers currently have 57 games played. They're 30, 23, and 4. They're 6, 12, and 2 at home. They have 64 points, so 20 points less than us. But that doesn't mean anything because the Rangers do still keep getting themselves hovering. They may or may not be able to squeak in there in a wild card, depending on what happens with everybody else. Uh, they're 7, 3, and 0 in their last 10, though, and they're on a four-game winning streak. So hopefully we can stop that and continue to grow our new new winning streak now that we beat Detroit finally. Yeah. Uh, you know, we didn't have to start again. They're 7th in the Metro, 11th in the East, and 19th in the League. I believe they're 5th for the wild card right now, but the points are so tight in some of those Metro teams that are vying for the wild card spots. Uh, you know, they're dangerous. We played them twice this year. Uh, we beat them twice. One of them was back in October, although we probably don't remember this. We did hand them their butt 7-4. to four. 
because we played much better than them, but we did, as we always do when we have a lead, let people come back a little bit on us. Uh, and we beat them 3-2 in an overtime win, which, as we know, is few and far between for this team when it's necessary. Uh, back right after Thanksgiving, uh, that was the uh, Friday, Black what, Black Friday or whatever game that they always play at the Garden. So tonight we're at the Madison Square Garden, but we're going out west-ish. Yes. Not quite all the way west until the last game, but Wednesday... Bet on this game. Wednesday, the 19th, 2020, at Edmonton at Rogers Place, 8.30. Favorable 8.30. I know, 8.30. I'm like, wait, Edmonton's in the mountain, right? Like, 8.30, that's early, because if we play Colorado, it's usually a 9 o'clock game. Not that they're obviously, but just saying. They're all got the Rockies. Zach Cassian will be suspended for that game. Thank you. Yeah, nice. Well, it happens. We'll have to deal with that piece of crap. Yeah, there's some people blowing up. Save it it for... uh, yeah. Malthy Kachuk there. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I meant Matt Kachuk. <laughs> Malthy Kachuk. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, but uh, they have 58 games played in. They're 31-21-6. They've got 68 points, so they're a pretty solid team. They're second in the Pacific. The Pacific Division keeps bouncing between Vancouver, Calgary, and Edmonton. Uh, they're fifth in the West, and they're 14th in the league. So, again, another team. Uh, the last, the three games we're playing versus the Pacific Division they're in the top half of the league, too, so we are playing other playoff teams currently. So hopefully we can get on potential maybe uh, cup final contenders. But they are 15-9-4 and four at home, so they are pretty good at home, so we got to be careful about that. And they're 16-16, in their last 10. They've only got one game. But we lost to them on January 4th, 4-1. to one. So let's not do that again, I'm just saying. Yeah? Yeah, I'm uh, down. Anything you have to say about Edmonton besides they won, they're like the Bruins one day, they look like one team, and the next day they look like another? This is a team in transition, fun yeah. to watch. Leon Dreisaitl has been ripping it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think uh, Connor McDavid's out. I believe he's two weeks, isn't yeah. it, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, so, I mean, we could definitely take advantage with his absence, um, but with his absence always. I mean, and I, I'm taking this from another podcast that I, I heard this week. Mm-hmm. That like Conor Mc, I mean Leon Dreisaitl to Conor McDavid is like the um, um, Pittsburgh Penguins when Malkin and Crosby exactly yeah. you know what I mean when one's out like if, if if Crosby's out Malkin really steps it up and so on so Dreisaitl's really showing that that team that he can play put the team on the shoulders. Well, so I think too he's had a good growth year because they always let's face it that Mc. David and Dreisaitl are their best assets in Edmonton. That doesn't mean you don't have a nice team. Like, they're an emerging team. Do you know what I mean? They're, they've got their parts. They've just got to kind of shore it up and get their chemistry together. And Edmonton will – that's why they're in this fight, right, for the Pacific. Like, who knows where they'll land. But I, I would – if I had my guess of some of the teams out there, he, I would put my money on Edmonton probably making it in, at least with one of those wild card spots. Uh but Drysaddle has really emerged this year without McDavid. Like this was his season that he's proving it's not just because Connor McDavid played on my line or whatever. Like this guy, legit, he's up on the points. He's you know he's first in points. He's yeah. assists. You know he's he's, he's a force to be reckoned with. And if Edmonton can build a team just even around these two, you know, 
I mean, I think the Bruins showed if you can keep top heavy, it's yeah. okay. Sometimes sure. you can do great things even with it's a It's good few to believe in the core. Consistency. Yeah. So, uh, but Wednesday, not Wednesday, Friday, we're going to go to Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Another favorable nine o'clock. Scotia Saddle Dome Arena. Or it's called the Saddle Dome, but it just seems weird to me because dome, like, that's like a baseball term, not a hockey term, but I get that. That's where all the magic in Calgary happens, all the awesomeness. It's uh, also where tragedy happens, that that city and the flood and so on in that arena. It is. They're getting a new one, I guess. Yeah, because, I mean, but that one's been around a while. It oh, used yeah. to be called, like, the, the Olympic Dome. Dome or something. Then it was just uh, the Saddle yeah, Dome, and it now was... it's the Sco- So, I mean, the arena itself, they've, yeah. you know, that's where they do all their... Everything. They have, like, huge events there and stuff like that. Calgary is another city that I like to get to sometime. But they've had 60 games played. They're 30, 24, and 6. Another team that keeps fighting in the Pacific. You never know quite. We don't know how. The Pacific is probably not going to be decided till like, right before we end the probably season. Probably 11th hour. <laughs> very, very tight there. But, yes, another favorable game, 9 p.m., thank you, on a Friday, which is great. I mean, Friday you might be up, but, like, 8.30 on Wednesday was good for me. So, anyways, Calgary's 13-11-4 at home, and they're 4-5-1 with a one-game loss. Uh, losing streak right now. I don't know what I'm saying there, but um, but Calgary is another team. Like, it depends on what team you're going to get that day. So, you cannot keep your guard down because they are fighting for position and things like that. And they know that Calgary's going to want to beat us and hope we beat Vancouver the next day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of well, thing. So. With, with, the, with the way that the Boston Bruins are playing, Calgary's going to – and they've been playing much better as of late. Mm-hmm. But they're going to want to beat us down because we're, we're the best in the league. And, yeah. and, 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 you know, but they have two former Bruins on there that, that are going to you know, try to put a wrench in the gears and, and stir things up and probably – Make it very uncomfortable for our, t- our top players, and, th- and that's Milan Lucic and, and Zach Ronaldo. Well, I'm hoping. Oh, I hate Zach. The fact that Zach Ronaldo is even in this league still actually <laughs> angers me. Um, I was gonna say also though, you know, Calgary, Edmonton, and Vancouver are all hoping to beat us, and then us beat their opponents yes. so that we can maybe help for their divisional climb. So again, Calgary's confusing to me, and I don't know how they're gonna play us because they're so used to just fighting with Edmonton now. They don't really know what it's like. No, I'm those just games kidding. have been fun to watch. They've gotten progressively more fun to watch. It's it's like it's it's that element of the old time hockey yeah. that I love. I'm adapting with the new style. I get it, but those games are always something to watch and just be like, you know, that those were good times. It's just something you don't want to. I I don't want to get glued to like so many other people do. Well, my thing is that you're preaching to the choir, but I also think um, I don't want to live in a world where everything is robots and analytics That's and true. boring. That's boring as shit. At least back in the day, it was like sport and like things happen and things just happen. Also, you know. I don't think you should just have a goon on your team, but I also think grown men sometimes get mad, and if they want to punch each other in the face and get a penalty and potentially a fine, that's also on them as long as everyone it. is mutually uh, agreeable. And I'm looking at you, Matt Kachuk. You're a little pussy, but that's just me. <laughs> Sorry. Jesus. Do you think I like Brady better than Matt? Because I think I do. I'm just saying. I I'm, I was disappointed only because I know you. I've watched your dad play. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I had the right. privilege of watching your father play too. And I was disappointed <laughs> on the thing. But he did end up thing. And like you said, he's out of control, Cassie, right now. So I'm glad we don't have to see him in Edmonton. Uh, all right. Uh, I'm a little concerned, uh, not for my team, but Calgary should be a little concerned. They still have a negative 12 goal differential, which shocked me. 
because they are so high in the standings for their that usually doesn't happen but they are currently first in the wild card and we haven't played them yet this year so whatever we'll see milan lucic for those of you who still love lucic and him and his ronaldo his... dyed hair they did it together. I, I don't listen to me <laughs> unless you, your name plot. is justin timberlake and it is 1998, <laughs> no grown man should ever, ever have frosted hair. Not frosted tips, not ble- It's not normal. It's just, un- like Milan Lucic, if you were supposed to have yellow blonde hair like that, you would have yellow blonde hair like that. I'm just saying. You look Like, when I saw him on that video, on the Tuca video, I was like, oh, what is going on right now? Like, I don't. Also, if you're doing it to be like Zach Ronaldo, that makes me sad. Milan, should we readopt Milan? I feel bad. No, I'm just kidding. I know that's one of the things people want to happen. Look, I don't want Milan Lucic back here, and I don't need Joe Thornton. Yeah, Let it go, yeah, people. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, let's, like, I mean, no offense. I respect Joe Thornton as a human, but here we go. And Saturday, we're going to go to Vancouver. They, of course, are going to start at 10 o'clock, but what can they do? They're on the actual Pacific time See, zone. See, now that's very Canadian, Western, and we're go- Western Canadian trip. And we're going to Rogers Arena. Which is funny that I was like, when I first wrote down, I was looking, I was like, did I write this down wrong? Because Rogers Place is in Edmonton. Rogers Arena is in Vancouver. I did double check to make sure I did not accidentally write down the same thing. That's kind of weird that they're both Rogers. And I believe in a previous podcast, I called it the Chrysler Arena. Maybe. Which I think it was at one time. But Well, I still call it the Bell Center, okay? so And it hasn't been the Bell Center in a few years. So let's just, you know, whatever. Or Molson, the Molsons. Right. Uh, thanks. It's because we're old when things were named after people, which I was surprised. There's like two people. Yeah, how many things? How many of the listeners wrote the Montreal Forum? Jeez, I don't know. Probably the, probably only the ones that remember that Montreal is our, greatest, is our greatest enemy. <laughs> in their day. But anyways. Uh, we va- accept all listeners from all ages. <laughs> Vancouver's first in the Pacific, fourth in the West, and 13th in the league. So... They're pretty solid, but again, that Pacific division is going to be very fun to watch during the month of March, sure. especially bringing it in. They got 58 games played. They're 32, yeah, 32, 21, and 5 with the 69 points. They are 19, 6, and 3 at home, so mm, that's kind of scary, but we did hand them their butts in the time that we played them a couple weeks ago on the 4th, 4 to nothing, which I Thought was weird that we played on fourth and beat them four to nothing, but they're six, three, and one in their last ten, and they're currently on a two game win streak. So hopefully by the time we see them on Friday at the end of the week, they will be on a four game losing streak. I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't and, care. And, I'm not in the Pacific Division. And so. Vancouver's only five points from catching uh uh um, Western Conference, uh, St. Louis Blues mm-hmm. uh, for first place overall in that conference. So, I mean, yeah, Vancouver's so of, tight of Calgary, Vancouver, and Calgary, right? And you can't. I'm looking over at your screen now, but like in Vegas, we don't want to not talk about them. They're in the mix, you know. Right. What I mean, those four teams keep bouncing back and forth. Right, like yeah. one week, one yep. of them's in the wild card. That like this. As we sit right now, Calgary's the first position wild card. Vegas was the first wild card two days ago. You know, it keeps switching. So they, I just mean to bring it up, meaning that these should be pretty intense games because the urgency for points, because it's so tight. Yep. They're going to be trying to get as many points as they can out of us, right? Yeah. But we also have the advantage because we are on the West. We don't play each other a lot. So that's always fun to watch two teams. I wish we could play the West more, you know. I and- do. And going back, going back to like um, before the before the uh, 
the bye week and, and the couple games uh, afterwards, nine games afterwards, uh, you know, there was a long stretch there. We, we didn't have the divisional games. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a, a whole week like this could create terror on on what other teams are doing in your division too. So must wins no matter what. Mm-hmm. So keep your guards up, boys. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, those are the games. Go bet on them, please. Bet online AG. BetOnline.ag. Yeah, check it out. Use code CLNS50 for that sweet, sweet bonus. It's like 50%. So if you put $100 down, you get an extra $50 basically. You know, just a, it's free money. You get to go and do whatever you want with it. So, and that only happens one time, but it's so worth it. I'm a big fan. I've been putting money in my account now, at gradual, and I'm going to start hitting it as the season gets closer. And like, like Heather said, it's so tight. And I said, so tight in the Western Conference. These are times that you can get in there and make a bet and be like, you know, do the props and so on. Get involved, but yeah, if you're hockey minded people, it doesn't have to always be about the Bruins, especially if you're exactly. betting. Like, if you have a good feeling on certain things, bet on it. If not, do it for fun, try it out. You might be better at it than you thought. It could be better as long as Mark never bets on college football again, he'll be all right, too. (laughs) Yeah, I went through a bad stretch. Well, I just know you know more about baseball than football. That college football is kind of tricky. And I did, I did win a good uh hundred dollar bet on the Red Sox, so but I picked the the, uh opposing team and I picked the under, so thank you, Red Sox, for losing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It happens, but um, we are going to take our first break of these um. Episode 166, and hear from the great folks at College Hockey, Inc. Uh, Follow them online at College Hockey, and subscribe to their awesome podcast. Nate Ewell and Brett Schlossman do a fantastic job, so um, they are definitely worth it if you want to get the aspects of what's going on in College Hockey or need need an outlet to talk about College Hockey if, if you're a player or a parent. These guys are great folks to talk to and, and, and lead you on the, a great path. Uh, with solid advice. So we will be right back. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Nick Bukestad. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! David Backus. And Zach Parisi were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! And we are back from hearing from the folks at College Hockey today, the podcast, and at College Hockey on Twitter. Give them a follow. Fantastic people. Great, great, great program. Um, we've got some topics we want to talk about, and um, it starts off with the unfortunate, and it's not Bruins related, but as, as a human being and a hockey fan uh, throughout the league, I, I don't just centralize my, my fandom for Boston uh, hockey. I, I, I like seeing, hearing, and uh, getting involved in the news that is around the league, but this, this one is a, bit, a little bit of unfortunate news. I'm not totally sure in my notes of when it exactly happened. I'm sure Heather's going to yeah. fill me in because she's really good at that. But uh, defenseman Jay Baumeister of the St. Louis Blues collapsed uh, versus the Anaheim Ducks. It was in Anaheim. It was on the road, regardless of where it was. Um, I just want to – I know it's been in the news, and a lot of people have already have already been up to speed on it. But 
we here at the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, Heather and I want to give shouts out to uh, Jay's family himself, obviously, to get better. Um, it's just, this is a very scary situation, yeah. and it's not the first time it's happened, as many people know. Um, Charlie McAvoy didn't exactly pass out on ice like this, but he had a heart condition that got that got fixed, and um, Jay obviously uh, had his, uh, I think he's got a pacemaker in there now. Yeah, they put in a defibrillator, like in there, a yeah. defibrillator, which is basically like a pacemaker. <clears throat> so, Sorry, I don't know why I'm talking so loud. <laughs> yeah, um, but I, uh, shout out to the people in the emergency staff. Um, I'm, I'm, this is information that I got from a podcast uh, on my regular 40 listens, but um, these guys do extensive training before... Uh, and I believe in the middle of the seasons mm -hmm. to get everybody up to speed when when something happens to get everybody involved. So, um, what was that? I was just giving Austin Matthews the middle finger because oh. I hate his mustache. So I guess I was giving his mustache a middle finger. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was just a very scary situation, and and the videos went viral, and and watching it was just it was tough. But the the instant action of players. And, and coaching staff, um, you know, alerting those medical technicians and those professionals in the building to get to him. And they did have to use a defibrillator to get him uh, going again. Oh, so, nice. yeah. um, the good thing is uh, he's, he's okay. I think everything is going to be okay after this. Um, don't really know what's going to happen with the, his, his return to hockey and, and if he wants to continue his hockey career. Um, I will note that uh, I think I got this from Darren Dreger that per CBA, there is no rule on returning to ice with that in you. Mm -hmm. So not sure. I think at this point right now, I don't want to speculate on Jay's future. That's up to him and his family. Mm -hmm. But obviously, hopefully he makes the right decision in this and, and does the right thing. I mean, if he comes back and tries to make a comeback, good on him for trying to do it. The love of the game. The passion with these players is, is unbelievable at times. But um, I would also respect him for, you know, hanging them up and, 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 and doing the right thing for your family and looking forward to the future. Well, I think that the nature, just by what I've seen and seeing what medical people are saying, I think that that's still way up in the air. Like, he's still got to recover and they figure out. Because there are a lot of people that play high-level sports that – have things like pacemakers and whatever and um but he has either way i mean i forgot how long he's been playing i like was looking but he's actually second amongst active defensemen only behind chara for games played and he's one of the four in the top five of active players or whatever or four players like you forget, he's 36. He's been playing like 14 or 15 seasons. He's been around forever. I mean, last year during the cup final, they talked a lot about him because, yeah. you know, it was like his first real like crack at it. But True yeah, leader. so it, the game was Tuesday, the 11th at Anaheim. Yep. Thank and you. all kudos to both medical staffs, uh, the awareness of his teammates once they realized what was that something was actually wrong. Uh, and if you haven't heard about it, he was getting off the ice from a long shift, stepped on the bench, and collapsed. Yep. And uh, and unfortunately, they, it was a father. The father's it was, it was father's, a father's trip. Yeah, father's trip. He was trip. in the building. So and uh, 
They postponed the game, obviously. Yeah. Uh, both teams are very shaken up about this, obviously. You know, so also thoughts out to the players that, I mean, that's that's when shit gets real. You know what yeah. I mean? Kind of thing. But uh, both teams acted in conjunction. The so medical the personnel. With, with, with taking yeah, the game out and, and postponing the team it. doctors are right behind the bench, you know. And luckily, uh, I was hearing, I don't remember what podcast it was, but like uh, someone was saying how, like, luckily, like, nowadays, like, they have the defibrillator and stuff right by the bench. If this happened 15 years ago, it might not have been as easy of a, not that it was, it's easy to revive somebody, but, like, have the time, you know, such a quick time to get to address a situation like this. But both teams and uh, medical staffs updated. He had done a DCI medical center in Anaheim. Last I heard he was still in Anaheim. Once he is allowed to be released, he's going back to St. Louis. Uh, he has doctors from whatever hospital in St. Louis, uh, the Barnes Jewish Hospital in uh, Washington University monitoring it. So when he goes back to St. Louis, but I'm sure that they will, um, and they're going to redo the game some point. They're going to start at 1-1. They're going to do a play a whole game, but they're going to start at 1-1, which was the score. Yep. Uh, but they, NHL correctly made the decision that you Shocker. cannot put these 44 people out there and make them still think that they can function after witnessing yeah. that or even the crowd, right? You know, Very so, respectful. Um, but anyways, I hope Omi is just feeling better. Doug Armstrong, the GM, had said that he was doing well and he's still undergoing tests to figure out what exactly happened. So I think that's part of that'll be just part of the course of recovery. And I'm sure the decision of whether he'll be back to play or not, I mean – I, I would think it would take longer than maybe the next six weeks or whatever we have left to play. I but would think so too. if he get like I'm not a cardiologist, if a cardiologist deems that, you know, with this uh, defibrillator or whatever the automatic kind of thing in his yep. heart that he's going to be fine, then hopefully he's back to be with his team to defend their cup come playoff time. Yeah, you know? absolutely. But we'll see. But anyways, uh, that is scary and. Even though, my, I mean, you are an NHL person, but I know you like to try and keep it Bruins, but before no, no, I even had to say it, you had already well, said Well, I thought it was respectful because of the fact is that other, other podcasts are doing it, and when they're centric on, you know, their uh, particular team and so on. So I well, just thought it was a good idea. Like and, I said to you, sometimes the league things are so big that they do have to be. I know. You, we can't be the only, like, ignore and pretend like we don't know that scary situation happened, which is scary. I mean... My, like my aunt was saying, she's like, it's just scary. Like, kids are, like, playing basketball for their high school team and a heart issue, you know, this yes. and that. Now, you know, yep. obviously he's a little older and a high-level athlete. They put a lot more strain on their body, you know. Yeah, like but definitely. just, it's scary when you see someone that young go through something like that because he is only 36. Yep. Which is old in the sports world, but young in the real world. Absolutely. Man, I wish I was 36 again. No, I'm just me, kidding. Me too. No, really. Thoughts and prayers, though, with everybody. Yeah, shout out to everybody involved, the professionals and Joey, Jay's family, and hopefully, you know, keep this recovery going because it's, uh, it's definitely a scary situation. But um, jumping to the next topic, uh, jumping it back to Bruins related, too. Uh, Zeno Chowra got fined $5,000 um, for cross-check to the face of um, Brendan Gallagher, Brendan Gallagher uh, that a little pest, but we, we Yeah, have they've a, had an ongoing thing for many years yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, Chara got a little uh, high in Gallagher's face and um, cross-checked him in the neck area. Um, I don't know. I, I think Z tried to say that he was, like, acting it a little bit, mm -hmm. but I... Um, 
I'm gonna just gonna go out there and say absolutely deserving. Mm-hmm. Um, but Z's got to got to maintain that that edge that he has. Um, and I there's there's a narrative out there that it's because of how tall he is and how short that was. I mean um, Gallagher is, but the, I don't want to buy into that. You still have control of your stick no matter what. I was going to say, sometimes indeed some things are because Zidane is a giant compared to most people around him. But this was not one of those cases. Him and Gallagher have a long history of, you know, nudging each other, you know, getting each other to pop off. And uh, I agree. Definitely warranted. That was not, I mean, you're not supposed to cross check anyways. But right, right. that I think is a, as sure as he meant to put, Max Pacioretty into the players bench that day he meant to you know but Gallagher's a little bitch too and I know he starts shit too like I said it goes back and forth between these two but I don't disagree Zidane definitely deserved at least a fine for that one right uh what did they get they both got uh roughing penalties and they were screaming at each other once they were on the bench this is the reason the glasses between the (laughs) penalty boxes now are the benches uh but yeah definitely warranted though although not saying it made me unhappy. Yeah. I don't want anybody to get hurt, but I do think that Gallagher can be a little bitch in sometimes. And also, he's the type of player that would do the same thing to the person. You know, not because right. I think he's a dirty player, but he's a rough and tumble kind of in your face kind of player. We have the same type of player in Brad Marchand. Mm-hmm. Skill. I mean, I, th- I think that obviously Marchand's a lot more skilled in that area. But when it comes to a nuisance, yeah, and a little rat on the ice, yeah, I mean, he's it, chirping everything. Like, yeah, there's a reason there are confrontations with certain players all the time. Um, the reason why I wanted to bring up this particular topic is uh, not only just, so, you know, I know Bruins fans, they don't live under a rock. They know what's going on when it comes to Bruins news. So they knew as of now when we're recording this that Chara got fined. But yesterday, uh, yesterday afternoon in the Red Wings uh, game, the Bruins 4-1 to game, um, later on in the third period, I believe, uh, Andre- Andreas Athanasiu and... Chris Wagner got into it and I want to say it wasn't it was kind of hidden but the camera was right there to see it Athanasiu gave one of those neck uh, stick high stick things to Chris Wagner and Wagner didn't appreciate it and immediately dropped the gloves now I know it hasn't been 24 hours yet I know the the league takes a little while to review video and so on, but is this something that you could compare to the, what Chara did? Because it was definitely blatant. It wasn't an accident that the stick got caught up in, in people's feet and it got twisted. Yeah. This was a shot. Yep. And I think he took advantage of it because it was so, like, hidden. And I don't think Athanasiu understood that there's a camera right there. Yeah. Um... Should he get should he get suspension or a fine? I think probably a fine. I mean, again, this is part of the consistency argument, right? That although not appropriate, uh, no major penalty was on the ice. I personally think it's effed up when they give people things without there have even been a penalty on the ice because I feel like that should be trigger review in thing. Like if. There was something that didn't get called on the ice, but Toronto saw it. They should be able to in-game give a penalty. Like, do you know what I mean? Or whatever, yep. and go back. I, I think that would also help the refs on the ice. But there have been a lot of things, not even just the... Like, I don't know why. You'd think I'd be able to say Greek names better, but I'm having a hard time today. Athena, see you. Um, so, 
I mean, they miss a lot, but there have been a few this week too in other games where the ref is right there and doesn't make the call. Like, do you know what I mean? On things that are blatant calls. So I absolutely think that if anything, if the Gallagher hit got a cross check, which it should have got a fine, right? Yep. Um, then there's no reason that guy shouldn't be getting some kind of subsequent fine. I don't think he will unless you're seeing something. No, as of right now, and we're recording this on at this time period, yeah. Sunday at noon, um, they have not updated anything. The only thing that they do have is one of the one of the things you wanted to discuss um, that happened out in, uh, it's not San Jose, but um, when Evander Kane hit Neil Pionk. Yeah. So uh, NHL player safety has not updated anything yet, so we don't know if Athens CU will, will see any um, any a- uh, actions from his action reaction. Yeah. Oh. Huh. So uh, so Heather, in the pregame show, you were talking about Evander Kane and and how similar things can be when um, in the past, like what happened to Charlie McAvoy and his headshot, but Chari gets the um, Oh, somebody, somebody gets suspended. Yeah, no, oh, it was Lauzon Lo- gets a two-game game for a first offense, which I'm not saying he shouldn't have been suspended. We agreed that there should have been a game suspension, right? Oh, sure, right? sure. But then similar play that happened then on Charlie McAvoy later. Which was a later, clear target to the head. Right. With someone standing right there and could see it, nothing even got reviewed in that. Um, and as I was saying to Mark, um, Evander Kane, I think, if you don't know who he is, I, I he think went it's off hard. On He's a pass. So Evander Kane, who is like a Marshawn or a Tom Wilson or whatever, he has a history. He does, right? He's a high-level player. He always has been. He's also a very charged-up player. It doesn't take much to set him off, just like Brad Marshawn. If you nudge him the right way, he's going to explode, right? So that all the, the freak-out all started, and we're only bringing it up because I feel like every week we're talking about What's suspendable? What's a fight? What's the, the Because there's no consistency. So, although I agree with you, Evanda Kane is in raging douche as players go <laughs> for that kind of play. He was not wrong when he flipped out. Yeah. So, for him, he, on Friday, he uh, did something. I don't remember what it happened. What the heck did he, did he do? But anyways, he... Oh, he got... He elbowed. Let me look because I saw yeah, he, it Yeah, he got, he got suspended three games... Over he got a two elbow. he got a two minute elbowing penalty on the ice on, on Winnipeg's uh, Neil Neil Pionk Pionk yeah that's right I was like Bonk Yonk I couldn't think it I just wanted to say Bonk because I know you used to always love right at Bonk but okay <laughs> so um so he elbows him and then Evander Kane gets a three game suspension for elbowing which was a two minute minor on the ice both players finish the game it's not like even Lauzon was asked to leave because he got like a misconduct or something too yeah didn't match he? major or something right, like so, that. That's why he had to leave or whatever. But um, uh, player safety and George Peros, who, like I said, is probably one of the least people that should be in charge of that department, but whatever, uh, says that uh, that he raised his elbow off his... I'm just trying to say how to... I'm just paraphrasing. paraphrasing. Basically, when he went to hit him, he took his elbow off his core and went at his, and it was a direct result to the head. That is not untrue if you look at the play. But if you look at the play, it's not that like, I'm going to target your head kind of thing. This is kind of how Evander Kane plays, which is what does get him in trouble sometimes. It's right? a reaction to the hit. Right. This, so Evander Kane 
flipped out on Twitter. And even though I hate this dude, he is not wrong. So I'm going to read his statement on Twitter for those. And I think this, like I said to you, he's a douchebag, but he's saying what we're all thinking. Fans, other players, whatever. He said the fact that the NHL player Department of Safety headed by George Paros continues to pick and choose who and what they suspend is ridiculous. There have been countless incidents of the same nature throughout the season and past seasons that have gone unsuspended or fined. No one person can tell you what is or isn't a suspension in today's game. It's becoming a complete guess game, meaning they're so inconsistent, nobody can go, yep, that's suspendable, that's not. Which, at this point, like we talked about, there should be enough examples to pick that, right? Sure. So, um, yeah, there is a major lack of consistency with the NHL Department Player Safety, a complete flawed system in all capitals, system so many ways. From the suspensions to the appeals rights, it's baffling to me that we as players agreed to this. You can't continue to give some... Some players, a, a suspension, oh, sorry, yeah, sorry, I lost my place. You can't continue to give some players a pass and then throw the book at others. There has to be an outside third party making these decisions to remove the bias that transpires in this department headed by George Paros. None of it makes any sense. This is true, because that elbow I saw, I mean, I hate Evander Kane, and you have a history, so I was on board when he got suspended at the beginning of the game, right? the beginning of the season when he leveled a friggin' official, okay? I was on board, three games, cool, like, makes sense. This elbow, half the time doesn't get called, and the other time is just a two-minute major. And even being a jerk that he is, Evander Kane, if you look at his record in all the games he's played, he really is not, he's like Brad Marchand. He has moments where he can't, like, 10 games stands where he can't seem to control his yep. own behavior. Yep. But overall... He is a chippier player. He is, a, you know, but I didn't see anything that was any different than a thousand elbows I haven't even seen called this year, right? Yeah. And even with his history, given the fact, like you said, I mean, we can pick two Bruins games alone to say, should this person have got something back for doing that? What? I like that he's calling out George Peros because I think it's ridiculous this guy is in charge of player safety. We've talked about this. Mm -hmm. They keep putting the people in that were the goons and the enforcers that did the most damage to cause CTE. And these guys, I mean, how are you qualified to decide what's good and bad? You didn't even play right when you were played. I mean, you played within the rules of your error, but when you see blatant things that are so discrepant, and one, it is true, like Chara, okay, if we're going to be fair, if Evander Kane is going to get three games for that elbow, then maybe Zidane Chara should have got a game, yeah. at least. Yeah. Because love Zidane Chara, and we t like we talked about. Half the time it is because of his size, and the other half is because Chara's trying to get away with it because of his size, right? Yeah. Kane might be a douche, but he's not wrong. Why can he do something, or Marshawn do something, or so-and-so do something, and it's three games, or it's a half a million dollar fine, whatever. I don't know what the actual fining rules are within... The like, CBA. I know the 5000 is the max that Chara yeah, could have got. It's per, well, like a percentage you know of the what? CBA. You, you can also find and suspend somebody. You know, if you're really trying to send a message, stop with the bullshit. Because there have been way more egregious things that weren't even called this week than that elbow that did get called. You know, so even when you have a player like a kid, like it has to be consistent. So whether you have been suspended a thousand times and never got kicked out or you're like a Sidney Crosby, and again, I hate the rhetoric. Well, Sidney Crosby takes so much abuse on the ice. Yeah, he's Sidney freaking Crosby. So does a lot of other players. And I'm not against him defending himself. But, like, 
a couple years ago, right? Marshawn gets suspended for a nut shot. Sidney Crosby did a worse nut shot, but not even a not yeah. even a penalty. Yeah. Give me a break. This goes back to you protect certain play- like every sure. your your job player safety is to protect all the players. Not to just keep punishing the same people even if it's warranted that's fine, right. but like to oh, me, when, oh, when Batman calls in and says, give this guy a pass because he's, right. he's, he's the face of the NHL, right. air quotes. Bullshit. This, it is bullshit. And I like how, uh, and I, get, I can't believe I'm saying this because I am someone who dis, dislikes Evander Kane because you're a highly skilled player, but like you go to the nasty. He's not wrong that maybe there should be a third party that isn't associated with the NHL. Like we talked about when Shanahan was in there. It made a little bit of sense, you know, and he's a player that was one of the jerky players, but also was a skilled player, so yep. he can see both sides. But he was at least kind of consistent on what he was trying to enforce, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. he was like, okay, well, we said in this thing, like, do they not go back and look at their own videos that they released to say what happened? Like, because I see people always going at each other into the boards or on the ice without their arms tucked to their yeah. core. That just seems... And if you are going to argue that, make a better argument because that's weak. <laughs> it's hockey. You think... So what? Everyone's skating around like that. You can't like see penguins. me, but I have like my elbows tucked like to my shoulder. She's like, like walking around like a Yeah, penguin. like give me a freaking break. Like, <laughs> he's not wrong. What say you? Like, how can we stop the mad? I just... I don't want anybody to get hurt. I also think it's ridiculous that this guy's getting three games and forfeits $112,000, which... I get is chump change to a professional athlete getting paid that much, but is a ton of money. Yeah. Like, I don't think you should get both. If you're going to give them three games, then the fine doesn't have to stand. Yeah. Because again, I, I saw about six other reviews this week that should have been a freaking fine or a suspension, but they don't have to pay in, you know, or like, no offense, Chara gets the slap on the wrist. I, like, I, I honestly think that this is going to be a very big issue at the Board of Governors meetings uh, coming up in the offseason to try to get more clarity on consistency and and maybe think about that third party that comes in and says, no, we're now overtaking you mm-hmm. because and, and that and that that third party that we're talking about shouldn't be governed by. The freaking player safety board. No. You know what I mean? Because they're still going to have their hands on certain decisions. Yeah. It's got to come in there and say, listen, no, this is the letter of the law. You have to abide by these rules. There's no vague here. What they need to do is, yeah, they're allowed to be in charge of their own player safety board. But it shouldn't but do it appropriately. Be, there shouldn't be one person in charge. It should be an actual, like instead of a committee, a committee yeah. it should be an actual board. So you have former players, right? So I'm not saying George Paris doesn't have a use. I just don't think he should be the one guy that's ultimately making the decision about these things, right? You have a mix between current players perhaps represented or like newly retired players that have played in this league like recently. I'm not saying you like someone retired in 1972, you have to pull them out. But you know what? Maybe those are people to look at because they played when nothing got called and they've seen it, you know. But you Which have might persuade this a, a seven-person board, right? You can appoint whoever you want to be the chairperson, NHL, cover your asses. The players get to pick three people from a player standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. Then you can have other former players, NHL, you pick over here, right? Or whatever. But the decisions have to be an a un- either unanimous if you're going to suspend somebody more than one game it has okay so even if you say all right for a suspension or a one game suspension or a fine you just have to have the majority vote that they agree that that should happen subsequent discipline should is warranted but in order to suspend someone for three games or 
40 games or whatever. I'm looking at you, Tom Wilson, who pretty soon you're going to get yourself so suspended, you're not even going to see the league for three years, you know, at some point, right? You ride the bike for an 82-game schedule. For that kind of suspension or or like a three-game suspension and 112,000-plus fine, that should be a group of people deciding on that, oh, like a jury, if you will, of your peers. And even if you want that to cycle through throughout the every month, you're going to rotate the people in. You pick, handpick 10 people to do this all year, and you recycle it every couple weeks. Hey, NHL NHL rosters do that with assistant captains. Yeah. Like, sometimes your assistant captain isn't all, all year round. It's like road and home games. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's very similar. Just, it just seems to me that there is a way to stop this in San... It's never going to be perfect. But this, uh, oh, we just can't see... We, I mean, I don't know what thing about... No, it's because, like I said to you, the NHL doesn't actually want to fix it. Yeah. Because if they actually... It was... No, it's important to Gary Bettman and them milking the shit out of their profits. Yeah, true. They're... In the end, now I'm not saying that they're cold and heartless, but they have a little bit of that element of the old time owners and stuff or whatever or whatever. Then you have a group of owners that are big on that. No, what the? Get it together. Like, it shouldn't be that hard for us to all be able to decide what's an illegal check. What's it's not that hard. And the time and the time constraints that that this these decisions are being put on, there's a lot of scrutiny on that. Like, um, I'm not sure who on Twitter said it, but it was a very high profile person that says uh, decisions like this shouldn't take three hours to figure out. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So. Um, well, let's touch on one more topic before we hear from our uh, great, uh, another great show sponsor, betonline.ag. Ah, uh, no. no. It is thestorenextdoor.ca. But anyway, um, Charlie McAvoy has sincerely, seriously, I said sincerely, uh, um, has emerged after his first goal into the 2019-20 campaign and has played so much better. Not saying that he wasn't playing bad in the in the previous half of the season, the first half, but obviously in this second half, uh, he's been um, so much better in his defensive game, his defensive outlets to get out of the zone, uh, defensive ex- exits, I should have said, um, but also on the score sheet, which uh, is, is just another threat that this Boston Bruins team can have. Gets his first uh, monkey off the back, but uh, gets his second uh, yesterday. Yes. So, what do you think about him and post um, lockout? I mean, lockout. Why do I always say that? Because uh, it feels like a lockout when you week, take your hockey away know, for 10 days. By <laughs> week and all-star break. I mean, his game has certainly emerged, uh, much like many on the Boston Bruins roster. But thoughts on McAvoy and, and, his, and his game lately. And going into a hopeful long playoff run with him. Okay. Well, this is probably going to not be the most popular opinion, but I'm sick of giving people credit for doing their job. Now, I do agree that Charlie McAvoy has looked a lot better. He's got two goals and three assists in the last five games. But in 55 games, he's only got two goals and 23 assists. I like I like Charlie McAvoy. Maybe it's a BU bias. I don't know. I liked him. I was excited when he came early. You know, I'm a big advocate of do all four years. But he's a kid that I thought, you know, I thought they should have left Ryan Donato where he was and let Charlie. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was fine for Charlie McAvoy. I still need to see more of your all around play. That's why you are drafted. You are smart. You have a great hockey head. 
and it's coming together. And again, not a lot. I get you're only 21 or two. Like I'm not, you know, but I feel like we're like, yeah, McAvoy's doing awesome for doing what he should have been doing the whole time too. So although I do agree, I like seeing what I'm seeing. I'm glad he's coming together because I was not feeling very confident and him doing what he's supposed to do is shore up back there, right? You're supposed to be taking over minutes for Chara and helping get the puck in the net. As a defenseman, I don't expect you to have a million goals, okay? I expect you to be heavier on the assists, right? So not too bad, right? 55 games, but I need to see him hold this because we've seen this happen this season. And then he kind of just disappears again, or like I said, or he seems to get in his own head. So... I, I need him to keep going forward. Do you know what I mean? I give him credit for what he has done. I'm still a little disappointed for where how long it took for us to get to this point. I want him to be dominant because he should be dominant. You know, I'm not saying he should be perfect. He's still young and he's still doing his thing. But on one hand, yes, I'm happy he doesn't seem so befuddled sometimes. You know what I mean? Which should I be doing? Should I be offensive? Should I be defensive? You know, he's playing more well-rounded. But I need him to continue this and hope that it wasn't just a la- sense the break kind of flash. That was a long-winded, I'm sorry. It's all right. I just know people are going to be like, Heather's an idiot. She doesn't watch Charlie McAvoy. I have eyes, guy. I right. see him. And so, yeah, great on you. You're on fire. Don't be streaky like a forward is all I'm saying. Like, yeah. And it's not even about putting the puck in the net. I could like if I do think he should get more goals than he has gotten. But, again... It's about driving the play. It's about moving. Like, those are the things I need you to do more consistently. Sure. Sorry. All right. Let's take uh, our mid-break. We'll hear from the folks at the thestorenextdoor.ca. These are great people making great things uh, hockey-related uh, with recycling hockey sticks and making awesome furniture out of them for your man cave, fan cave, whatever. Uh, so we'll be right back. There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go out and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs, one stick at a time. The Store Next Door gift shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with, and we reuse and recycle as much as possible. Our most popular item is probably our hockey furniture. We take broken hockey sticks and turn them into different products. We go through a lot of hockey sticks, a lot, a whole lot. Considering that it's only been a year and we're shipping internationally, I think that that's been a huge success. Most people's reactions are, wow, you do this here. We don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways, but we want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker and we change lives one job at a time. Okay, so we just heard from the great folks at the thestorenextdoor.ca, a company in Halif- um, sorry, Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. Man, I am fucking bad today. I'm jumped. I'm just hyped up again. I'm you're, just you're full of energy. Up. I'm losing. I'm getting so tongue tied. I do it all the time. But uh, no, great, great folks <laughs> yes. there. Great folks at the store next door.ca. Go check them out. Just look at their website and just see what they have. If they have something for you, um, buy it because it, it goes back to uh, a great cause. So, um, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to laugh, but I looked. I was updating this and I looked down and see the. Steve Dangle episode the other day it was called Nipple and it just made me laugh. 
thought you'd like that. I know how you feel about that stuff. Nice. Um, um, would you like to counterpoint my... I, I know it sounded negative. I do love the Charlie McAvoy, but do you want to counterpoint me? It's your topic, baby. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to see consistency out of him, especially signing a, um, not a big deal, but a more show-me deal over the... Uh, well, not wasn't even off-season. It was pretty much like three days before... Uh, the season started, and he missed a majority of training camp, and pretty much took him forever to get back into like mid-season form. Uh, you know, I, the consistency was an issue, of course it was. Um, but I'm just, I'm just happy that I'm more or less like a, a guy that uh, likes to see what happens. I, a player just uh, comes into his own and figures it out, and then and and, and it contributes. It, you know, I, as much as I want to see it all 82 games. I understand players have their lulls and so on. I get it. But uh, I just, I'm just i happy that the moment that it is happening now because he can be heavily relied on. He's getting a ton of minutes. I don't think his minutes really diminished when he was not playing well. I think that he was, he was I mean, he was, you know, trusted by Cassidy. So, you know, I, I, just, I think it's good on him that he's doing what he's doing right now. So, and it's just helping. I mean, Offensive and, and, and defensive, it's huge. He's just an, a, a lethal weapon. What I want him to do is I want him to shoot more. See what happens when he's when he's shooting more and creating more opportunities. Um, being that tailback, creating layers with the Bruins when they cross that blue line, and and him being able to 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 you know dangle his way right into the net and possibly get a, a shot on net. I don't want to see him score all the time. I'm not mm -hmm. saying that. I get the whole defensive game, mm -hmm. but you know, if he can be that type of player and help out, mm -hmm. I mean, you're not relying on three people all the time. Now you got a fourth guy in the in the in the in the barrel and ready to go, so um I yeah. I agree with you on that. Like I'm not asking you to be the leading goal scorer or even, you know, I mean, I do think as a defenseman you should get more assists than goals generally speaking. Apparently not if you're John Carlson, but whatever. Um but that's my thing with him is I want to see him driving the play more. Like that is really your goal is to be strong defensively and help drive that play up ice however yeah. you have to do it. So and that's he does more. seem like I I guess like we were saying, like before it was like he was kind of defensive-minded or offensive-minded for a while. He does seem to be coming on. You got it. Charlie McAvoy. Yep. We're on your side, Charlie Mac. Yeah, yeah. I just think he's going to be, you know, in, in the whole trade, the trade scenario that people were talking about because he was struggling was ridiculous anyway. That, that you don't you don't give up a stud blue liner who's no, 22 and still coming into his own. Too early for me. Yeah. But, uh, all right, we, we are running out of time. So let's let's blast through these uh, topics right now. Uh, Patrice Bergeron notched his third straight 25-goal season. How much more does uh, Bergeron have to give in the tank? Is, is he one of those types of players that obviously will live up to his contract because he's a class act guy, but he's got two full more, two full seasons remaining per Cap Friendly, the great folks at Cap Friendly. Um, do you see him producing this way at least 25? I'm not saying he's going to be a 100-point scorer anymore. I don't, even, I don't even think he's ever done that, maybe once. I don't know. I don't think he has. I think Marshall was the look. last 100-pointer. But can he consistently keep up with 25 goals throughout his the remainder of his career, or at least the, the, the contract? I think he can because he's had 25-plus three other times in 05-06. He had 31, and 13-14 he had 30, 15-16 he had 32. 
The only seasons he didn't score at least 20 goals, because there were a few seasons he had 24, 22, 20, whatever. That's yeah. close. The only seasons that he has not scored at least 20 goals are seasons in which he missed the majority of it due to injury, right? Like major injury that every now and then he gets. I think he can. I think that's because he's a very consistent person. The way he plays is consistent. The way he takes care of himself is consistent. And as long as he can keep that groin under control and barring any catastrophic thing, I think he absolutely can. There's a reason that he's Patrice Bergeron. You know what I mean? Guys like he's a warrior. Yeah. He, you know. He'll play on. I mean, I, I can't see at his age with the consistency that he's had seeing a major drop off. I get everyone every time he gets hurt. It's like, oh, this is it. You know, he's 32 and blah, yeah. blah, blah. But Bergeron has never shown. Bergeron can still score the 25 goals even when he only plays 50 games that season kind of thing. You know, so I'm not worried about that. I think he's he's will probably get another 25 plus he might even get another 30 goal plus we, he could get another 30 goal plus this year we don't know there's still plenty of time left that'd be uh, awesome because he's an inspirational leader you yeah. know what i mean all these all the kids look up to him for that two-way style game how he conducts himself on that ice and off the ice as a, as a human being and an ambassador of the game pretty much i mean the, he's the, and i know I'm, I'm i'm really throwing my heavy bias out there for the boston bruins uh forward but you know he's just He's got to be the best two-way player in the NHL ever. He, I don't know. Yeah. That might be a little bit much, but I don't know. He's definitely probably the best two-way player of his generation at minimum. Oh, sure. Oh, you know what I mean? That's, so, that's a giddy-up. It's hard to compare errors. You know, everything changes a little bit, but he definitely has been the most consistent player of his generation, and he kind of came out of what like I don't ever remember him not being a two-way player solid yep. like that yep. even when he was young like yeah you, when you're young you have to learn and you become a professional but again like most people don't start their professional careers at 17 <laughs> like kind of thing he was know? a consistent two-way player even in the queue yeah as that's, a young child uh, like, gr- growing up that's into manhood. and I know he's that good and it's not Boston bias because everyone else thinks that Patrice Bergeron is about that him all the you time. hear him anywhere like it doesn't matter like you know, even when people are like, oh, Patrice Bergeron always wins the Selkie, which, like, some people joke should be called the Patrice Bergeron Award. Um, but no one ever seems actually that mad about it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, because, yeah. well, you know, I mean, oh, I mean, you hear other players talk about him. You hear Everybody loves Patrice Bergeron. He's a gentleman player. He's a player's player. He represents himself, his team, his position well. And he just does his thing, you know? He's not... He just seems very even keeled, which I think is why he's so consistent because he doesn't, he gets mad. I mean, every now and then you see him yelling or oh, yeah. like throwing. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying he's like an innocent, but like overall. When he's the victim of liberties, he'll give it right back to somebody. Right. But he is so even keeled that he usually doesn't get to that point. Do you know what I mean? Like very rarely do you, you yep. know that it's frustrating game when you see Bergeron, not Marshawn, the one like screaming and being held back. So Absolutely. But do you think he's going to do it? I think he can. I think he can, or at least 20, you know what I mean? Let's keep it at 20. I know it's only five goals and so on, but uh, real quick, uh, what do you think about him and and possibly being the next captain? Do you think he'd accept it with open arms, or do you think that he's the type of quiet leader and would give it to somebody younger because you, know, you need to build the trust of a captain uh, I believe if you're going to give it to a younger player in the early years and not give it to an, another aging veteran, tough one. 
I'm not sure Patrice Bergeron wants to be the captain. I don't think so either. I think he likes being a leader. I think he likes being the role. But I also think that he is very comfortable with Zidane O'Chara being the captain of this team and contributing his way, you know. So I don't, I think he's the person who's earned, like, you know what I mean? Unless you're going to, I'm not saying other people haven't earned it, but I mean, I think we were all pissed off, right, when Bergeron when, I remember when Chara first showed up and he had the C, yeah. which now we know was part of the trade deal in the first yes. place and everything. Yeah, at the I was time, very upset about that. Everyone was so mad at the time. How could you not give it to Bergeron because Thornton had had it? And then, like, everyone was all up in arms, right? right. And then we had Thornton was gone and just, like, you know, now now who's this Adano Chara from Ottawa is going to have our C? Ray Bork's won that C. Well, you know, like, the you start yeah. going down the list of the legends. And, well, it turns out Zidane Chara kind of knew... He knew his worth, you yeah, know, like, absolutely. you know, without arrogance. Definitely paid. He's followed through. Definitely paid dividends um, in 2011. But I'm not sure Bergie wants to be the captain. I think he would be perfectly happy to just have that. I don't even know if he wants the assistant on his chest. You know what I mean? Yep. But at the same time, I can't think of anybody who isn't in that aging core that should have the C on their chest. Yeah. You know, that. I'd like I mean, to see. what are you going to give it? Pasta? But no, traditionally, it's usually it a defenseman that gets yeah. the C. Carlo is really growing on me. Well, to get I was going to say, I do love Brandon Carlo. But it's like, but those guys, are they still too young to decide yet if they could be captain? So I guess we'll see. But seeing Zidane Chara is going to play till he's 104, we shouldn't have to worry about it. We'll have to worry about whether Bergeron's kid wears the C for the Bruins. <laughs> That's funny. I like that. All right, let's jump to another topic. Uh, Bruce Cassidy gets his 200th win. In NHL, in his NHL career, not just uh, in a Bruins uniform. Yeah, regardless of that, he does have a pretty stellar uh, record in black and gold or behind the bench of the black and gold. Um, but 200 victories for him is good. Uh, I think it's me personally looking back at his career. It wasn't such a great start in in Washington, and when he got fired, relieved or whatever from that position. Uh, I think he went. I mean, he went down to the lower depths of uh, some professional hockey to work his way up to uh, being with the Providence Bruins, ultimately taking over for Claude Julian, who did get fired, and where we are today. Um, he has. I, I think he's a, a player's coach, guy that relates very well. Um, I'm not going to say he's going to be here forever because coaches are, are a revolving door. The message gets stale. We obviously saw that many many times. Well, and in this organization, coaches yeah. don't. Like I you know, said. I know. But for, for as of right now, I think he's a, a solid coach. Uh, I mean, every coach is going to make decisions that the fan base is going to criticize. I've, I do it on the regular. I don't like his, his uh, particular shootout, you know, blah, 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 in that situation. Uh, or the way he uses have, veterans heavily in, in other situations. But when you look at it, at the landscape of, of his career, you know, his tenure, short tenure in Boston, I like what I'm seeing. Do you seem? Do you think that he's the type of coach that can get this team a Stanley Cup in the next few seasons, or is he going to be a one of those um, casualties of the uh, like the Mike Babcock era? I don't. Tough one. Yeah. I don't think that he's going to be the reason if they win the cup because a lot of what is here has already been in place. Do you know what team. I mean? Yeah. Uh, for the last 15 years, I mean, the team has changed, but kind of the fundamentals of what this team should be when 
Claude coach forever and then Cassidy took over. The core and the like kind of uh, just the belief system, like what it means to be a broom, what it means to have that sweater on, what is expected of you and to carry yourself. I think that message has been pretty consistent as a, now we, again, like obviously the way you execute that, you're going to have your own individual flair. But I think the Bruins have benefited from having, you know, like they had Claude Julian for so it's it does say a lot to have that much consistency for that long. You can kind of get through the bumps and stuff, right? Then we came a time where it was time to let Claude go, uh, but he had come up from Providence, so again the system message was still the same, right? And everybody was developing the players and pushing them through. So I don't know if they win the cup because of Cassidy, but I do think that he's a good fit. I think he's finally figured out how he doesn't have to put his own stamp on it. He just needs to help um, keep this team where they need to be. You know what I mean? And it's a different style and it's a different approach. But, I mean, I think he's panned out all right. And I am not a Cassidy part. Like, I was definitely not, like, living, like, even when he became up to be the assistant coach the year that he ended up becoming the, you know, interim coach. But I do think he is a solid coach. You get a little nervous sometimes with this. He's a player's coach because sometimes that can be a double-edged yeah. sword. Do you know oh, what yeah. I mean? No, I, I get uh, it. Not that I don't think he keeps appropriate boundaries, but just, I mean, he's not that old of a guy. Like, you know what I mean? He has people in that room that are like almost in his peer group, you know, just whatever. But do I think he's smart? Do I think that he does things to try and get the best out of this team? Yep. I think that he's not probably going anywhere, which again, this is a, this is a team that just historically over a hundred whatever years almost that they don't keep coaches around that much longer than about 18 months. And if you look at the history of Bruins coaches, you're going to find very few times that people serve very long tenures. But even making the three-year mark, well, he's really like, actually, now it's going to be actual three years, right? Because it was like February when he took over. I do think that they can get a cup with him as a coach. I don't think he's, I don't think he's a benefit or a detriment. I think he's, He's bought into the Bruins system too. You know what I mean? He's brought his own system, but he wasn't stupid. Like a lot of coaches come in and then they blow everything up, right? Well, you, that's not good coaching. Good coaching is keeping what's working and what's good and that you can implement within your own system and then adding your own flair. So I do think that Cassidy has done a good job with that. I think I like I certainly like watching him in Washington, even though he had a pretty good, I mean, he won 47 games in Washington in two yeah. years. Like, it's not like he was a, also had a season that got him uh, as high to get uh, oh, Alex Ovechkin, so kudos for right. his but he also uh, lack got of his, effort to get the He also got pick. fired because his players, like you said, he lost the rum. He lost the rum hardcore in Washington. Yeah, oh, yeah. Now, again, oh, yeah. like we talked about, like I think Toronto showing, sometimes, you know, maybe some of it was Mike Babcock, but it wasn't all Mike Babcock. And even though you want to blame it all on him, it also has a lot to do with some things that are going on in that rum. Yeah. Because Babcock's gone – the people are still the same, and some of the same issues are still happening. Yep. You know what I mean? Under the under um, the uh, new Sheldon Keith regime. But do I think that he can help win them a Stanley Cup? Yeah, but I don't think he's, guidance. Guidance is always. He's a expected. good coach, but I think he's kind of um, he's actually indicative of his generation of coaches, right? Guys that maybe their personal career did not work out as long because of injury or whatever, uh, but coached in the minors and things like that and like you said he fell off the planet like he had to go like he went down the hockey ranks right. after the washington gig and really had to dig and scratch um 
He's won 153 games here, so I can't be mad at him, right? But I don't think that they'll win because of him, but I think that he, as much as, um, you know, you look back at 2011 and without the cast of characters and the people that were on the bench that year and, like, it wouldn't have happened, I think that he'll be that kind of... He could cement his history as a Bruins coach, whether he's here for five years or these three, you know. Yep. Uh, I don't think they're going to lose because of him either. You know, like right. I don't think he'd be a negative effect. I know that was very roundabout way. I don't know. I always feel like I have to be neutral with Cassidy because I'm not like a giant Cassidy person, but obviously you're my coach and I think you're a good coach and just want you to do well. Yeah. I want him to win the Stanley Cup last year, but they didn't. No, I'm just kidding. All right, let's move on to our next topic. No. Jeremy Lawson signs a two-year deal. $850,000 per season. Uh, interesting interesting move. I think it's uh, good for the sustainability of the depth at the defensive position. Um, and I think that the way he's playing, he's deserved it, especially in the in the Providence Bruins level, as I, um, I'm fortunate enough to uh, go down there and cover the games uh, as a media member. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's shown that he wants to play here. He can play at the NHL level, plays with big boys. Uh, regardless of what league, the AHL, NHL. Um, but it's it's very interesting on how this is now going to work in the future of this season, not particularly in the next two se- next two years that he's extended. But Connor Clifton has, is coming back and um, uh, reports, as I pull up uh, my, t- my screenshot that I took, uh, Mark Diver of rinksiderhodeisland.com uh, says Connor Clifton to Providence Bruins per AHL transactions. He's coming back from a December 29th, 2019 injury. And P. Bruins are versus Laval today. The Laval Rocket, the uh, minor pro affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. Um, Connor Clifton is going to go down in Providence. He's going to do a conditioning stint. I'm not sure what the terms of that conditioning stint are whether it's a game or, or three games or whatever um or when he whenever he's ready but i know he can't be down there for a long period of time because he's got to be at back up the nhl level for the waiver process because if, if he's not going to be a fit on the nhl roster then he has to obviously go down to providence and go through the waivers so here's here's a very interesting thing that i kind of thought about after i saw mark divis uh tweet and uh, the rebuttal from Bruins Network, Anthony Kwiatkowski, who's a, a fantastic follow when it comes to Providence Bruins and, and, and Boston Bruins pr- prospects, um, is Lausanne is accepted. Is I mean, I'm looking at Cap Friendly right now, and... Oh, I went way past. Um, Jeremy Lausanne is a waiver exempt so kind of a kick in the in the nuts to Lausanne that who's been playing well uh is is that kind of player that's gonna you know be that guy with their exempt tag under him that he goes down to Providence to make room for Connor Clifton that could be in the rotation uh over John Moore as as many um podcasts I've heard this week say so what are your thoughts on the signing and, and what to do with, with Connor Clifton, who I think deserves a spot in the on the NHL roster now? Um, one, I, I, we as a team, like fan base, 
every time we get a shiny new toy, we get ourselves worked up into a frenzy. Like, I like Lozon. I've seen what I've... He's looking good from what I've seen. But this, like, some people are, like, mad thinking about sending him down. Well, four months ago, it was Connor Clifton you were all in love with or whatever until he got hurt, right? And I would rather have Clifton come back up where we don't have to lose him, right? But Lozon, because he doesn't have to go through waivers, can be called up for emergency or whatever else. I don't know. I would rather Connor Clifton come back up and get some time in. Partly because he already has the uh, playoff experience, you know what I mean, or whatever. But it's easy to move Lozon up. And no, I don't feel because you had seven decent games or whatever, and one of them you were suspended, actually. You had eight games, one, right, two, whatever, two for two. I mean, I like what I'm seeing, but, like, I've heard a lot of people, like, pissed off Lozon might get sent down. And it's like, first of all, it makes more sense for him to go down because you can protect him. Right? You, you don't, don't want to work. lose Clifton. That's what I mean. You don't have to. But it's if you do it move. the opposite way. The other idea is this, people. There is no guarantee that Bruce Cassidy is not going to... Because we talked about this. Like, John Moore's not your favorite defenseman, but he's not doing anything that's hurting the team, and he's been pretty consistent since he came back. There's no guarantee at this point in the season that they're going to not only let one of you be up there. They're, they're, in other words, we're still at a point with this team that they're not going to keep Lozon and Clifton up and sit John Moore because we still will have the gap of not having a big enough, you know what I mean? Cap space. It's better, oh, right, God. exactly. It's better for him to have to do it situationally, uh, the coach, right, to figure it out. you got to protect certain players because if Connor Clifton goes on the waiver wire, he's going to be gone yeah. because what he has done in the time that he has played He's now, yeah, do I think he's teams. the end all? But I mean, we got a lot going on in the back end. Yeah. And finally, we actually have some people that could be up there. But I I am not someone who ever is like, I'm just using Lozon as an example because that's what we're talking about. Like, oh my God, this kid, he played eight games. He clearly should displace the other people who have are getting paid to be. Like, again, this goes back to I'm not paying anybody to sit up there. I don't mind. Like, John Moore, I don't care if I got to pay him to sit down sometimes. But he is consistent enough he shouldn't always be sitting down either. right you know what i mean yep. also you need those kind of people to teach the young kids still like you know everybody has a something like john moore no he is not your tory krug on the point end and he's not your mcavoy on the young defensive end but he's pretty kind of mediocre second pairing defenseman like most other people second pairing defensemen are you know mm-hmm. or, i mean look at san jose they've had a whole entire roster of first pairing defensemen oh, that are injured and not performing. So I don't know. So for me, it's like I would much rather yeah, protect Connor Clifton because A, he's shown me more and what he can do and that he should maybe stay up here. And Lausanne, I need you in my reserves. I need you for, as classically sometimes happens, sometime in the last week of February, all my defensemen start going down, yeah. okay? Well, I mean, not, knock on wood. Oh, no, but. Yeah. Not not only that will he be a benefit to the to the roster this season or the remainder of, but he's just a, a huge asset to the future. Yeah, you know? like I want to keep him around, but I don't know the craziness I've been hearing from some people of like, well, he deserves to be up here. He clearly can play in the big leagues. Well, any kids can play in the big leagues for a couple weeks, man. But I'm not sure at this point in the season I'm ready with Tampa breathing down our neck, <laughs> right? <laughs> willing to change the chemistry that much. And then the idea of, of um, uh, Kevin Miller, he's skating. Who knows when he's going to return? 
I know, I know, but this, you know, this, there's that always nagging group out there that just wants him back just to kick everybody's ass, and I get it, but we also need to play defensive hockey. And he also yeah. needs to be able to function as a human yes, being. Yes, exactly. Two fucking busted kneecaps. Well, I was going to say, this is what I think is happening. I think Miller's going to end up being... Like, you know, right off the LTIR for the rest of the season. That's what I'm thinking. And probably either write off or trade him in a package over the summer. John Moore is not going anywhere until this, maybe the summer if they move him, or maybe they might figure out things. I mean, if they end up moving, like we talk about, at some point they're going to have to give up some of these young people to get what we need to shore up the things that you need to have actually someone with experience to do, right? why we're growing the people we decide we are keeping in the system to be the next Boston Bruins team, right? But in reality, people, Kevin Miller is staying on for the rest of the season. Kevin Miller is not coming back this season. I still am not convinced if he'll ever get to skate again. I don't care. Whatever is healthiest for Kevin Miller. But he's not going to look any better than John Moore. No, I don't believe, he's I don't not. believe so. And I think Especially John, not the mobility And factor. I think John Moore is a better defenseman than Kevin Miller is. And I don't care what anyone says, you can disagree with me. As for consistency and just being the stand-up yeah. defensive defenseman, he is actually a more consistent, better player. Yeah. And they cost about the same amount. Yeah, exactly. Now, that doesn't mean I don't think in the offseason maybe more won't get packed once we get to res- free agency. Yeah. That was the thing that surprised me with uh, Lozon because he is a restricted free agent and he's only on his L. ELC, they didn't have to do crap with him until the summer. But they That's what surprised me. They didn't me. have to do crap with Connor Clifton either because he was on his entry-level mm-hmm. deal yeah. and um, then they uh, locked him up. Because uh, Connor Clifton is actually on an NHL contract starting yeah. next the next three seasons, right. not this year. Right. No, but that's what I mean, though, is that but like when they do that, sometimes they kind of tie their own hands as for the waiver right. wire. That's why I was surprised with it given with Clifton and whatever. It yeah, wasn't forced. Like, yeah. When you have that. So that's only that's all I was. I wasn't surprised they gave him the extension. I was just surprised it was kind of happening right now. Also, it's like right before the trade deadline. So unless that yes. they just signed him to package him in a cheap ass deal with the other player, you know yep. what I mean? Like, yep. okay, you can pay Bacchus, but we'll give you lows on for pen, pennies on the dollar. I'm not saying that's what they're doing. I'm just saying it does make me nervous. We're a week out of trade week, and who knows what can happen. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, the trade deadline is eight days away, and um, and for my last topic of, of episode 166 is that is is just in that in fact. Um, is it time for the Bruins to make a trade to get chemistry going with, with certain players? Or do you happen to think that it's going to be an 11th hour deal? And and I'm on the premises of Don Sweeney doing a lateral move instead of a big, big trade. I mean, the Kreider, the Paul Marys are all out there, that, those conversations. But it's going to come at a heavy price. We've, we've been saying it for weeks but I'm I'm like I'm on the Toffoli wagon, and it's not just because he had a hat trick in the in the in the um, stadium series games that were held in Colorado at the Air Force Academy, yeah. uh, and he had a hat trick. He had all three goals, and I get how the goals were. One was an empty net, and so on. I'm getting called out on Twitter from it right now. Okay, you can get called out on Twitter, but I can assess you love the LA Kings as your West Coast other yeah, team, so, right? You know, we and all I'm have not a an West expert. Team. I'm not a scout for them or anything like that, but I've seen Tyler grow, and I've seen what kind of. So for me, it's character. I know what he can produce and 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 do here. He might just need something, a spark, a a, a different landscape, a different outlook, and 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 so, a team that he can get back on track and get another Stanley Cup. 
I that's just my opinion. You know what I mean? It's very biased because I've I was a season ticket holder for the Manchester Monarchs, and I've seen this kid grow, and I I've constantly followed him and so on. So take it from for what it's worth and everything, but I just think that he's a right shot. We need we need a right wing. Let's address it now. I'm tired of, of Sweeney doing the plug-and-play um, Staffords and Stepniaks. I just think that that is next in line for him, just for the Bruins, to, uh, just for him to show the Bruins fan base that he has a pulse and he made a trade. But it's not for the right one. Okay, and Don Sweeney's defense, he's got to deal with a lot more than we do just as a fan. And this isn't against you. This is like people who are always on Don Sweeney. Don Sweeney has a team of a lot of superstars that he doesn't have to pay a lot of money to, and that's not just him, but, it, you know, some of those contracts were signed for him, but he's got a million and five backed-up young players in the system, right? And he's just trying to do what's best with the team. I am not someone who thinks big trades. If you are a contending team, like the Bruins are a real contender team, as is, right? I am not in favor of any team. Like, to me, there isn't a major trade that can happen that is so significant that it's going to change the chemistry of the team in such a good direction that that's going to be the difference. Because the Bruins, I think the way they're constructed, yes, everybody could use a little help. But as constructed with the players in the room and even the young kids that have been, you know, the I, I Providence, whatever, people popping in and out, whatever's going on in that room has been pretty consistent for the last two years, right? If you say the last two seasons, because at least this point, yeah, you go through your thing. We had a couple, I mean, a crappy month, you whatever. I'm more for small moves to shore up what you have because when you are one of the five best teams in the league, and we are. Do you whether, really have to make moves? I you get don't, it. You do want to maybe tweak things, but you don't want to blow shit up, right? Lateral. Also, he doesn't have a lot of room to make those kind of moves right now. So people are going to have to get over that. Like, yes, that like I want Kyle Palmieri, okay? If we're going to make a giant move, that's the one I want to make, right? We don't necessarily have that money. The one thing about Toffoli I don't like, though, is he has no term. He's UFA. Yeah. And I would if we are going to make – because it is, it is going to be Assets more lateral. for rental? Right. Well, I'm not – I don't like rent. I would rather – I would rather us decide what we can let go – and not have to worry. I don't want to rent. Like I'll yeah. take you on, but I'm also trying to get rid of some of this weight because we do have a like people. As much as you want people uh, GMs to do crap at the trade deadline, you also teams like Boston and they they everybody still has their own players they have to re-sign to, and you need money to do that. Mm-hmm. And they're only allowed to be over cap between July first. In October 1st. Well, yeah. technically when the puck drops for the first game. Yeah. But let's say October 1st. Technically, right? you have to have your sheet in 48 hours before. Right. So that doesn't leave a lot of time. So he can conceivably re-sign How do you think the boy Krug or DeBrusque or whoever, right, that they want. <laughs> and as long as he can get rid of it. But Don Sweeney is still going to have to get rid of some of this dead weight. Yep. Even some of those young players you all love so much or whatever. And we all do. We all have play. You know what I mean? That... You're voting for. I'm glad that Anders Bjork seems to be working out now he's here, so I'm not worried so much about him anymore. But, anyways, I do think Don's certainly going to complicate money. things when you're trying to lock up Jake DeBrusk and other players. Right, that's what I'm and, saying. So you can't go yeah. too big either. You can't, you know. And also, 
How are you supposed to make a decision when all anybody wants to say is Rick Nash, Rick Nash? Yeah, we all wanted Rick Nash to come get a major concussion and couldn't play. I would say, let's review. It was a big trade, but you know what? Nash was working out. Him and Krejci were like, was like, yes, we finally have Krejci's right wing. And then a major injury happened to an older player and it just didn't work out. That's not his fault. That's not like Sweeney. That was a good deal. It just didn't pan out. You yeah. know what I mean? Whatever. Yeah. So I'm not opposed to your Tyler Toffoli, which, again, I'm in your defense, you've always watched Tyler Toffoli. So whoever the frig's chirping at you on Twitter can screw. Just saying. Because it's not true. I'm telling you it's not true. Got, trust me. The way I got to hear you, we hear about the Providence Bruins, I had to live through that with the Manchester Monarchs too. Okay? <laughs> at least the Providence ones. I'm like, yeah, yeah. But I do like seeing up-and-coming players. I shouldn't say it that way. Just joking. I'm a big fan. Um, but, like, Toffoli's okay. Like, we talked about them, right? Kind of those middle players, but it's like, it's a hard decision because if you're going to get a Toffoli, I don't think that's going to make a major difference between winning the cup and not winning the cup. But if your argument wants to be we need to get a right wing that's a right shot, then he's attractive to me. But do we have enough for his cap hit, which is, what, around three? Yeah. Right? Yeah, to resign him. him. Yeah. And, and like I said, I, I mean, if we're going to play this game, then let's just go. If we're going to end up playing, paying someone $3 million or $4 million, like, then let's just go and get Johansson again because we yeah. know that he works in the system. I, I know that's term. a joke, but um, I just don't think it's going to be a big. I, I don't understand the people who want it to be a huge trade because that. I think the price for me is going to be when you when you when you look at Kreider and, and Paul Mary. It's that first round pick. I uh, that's mm. something I covet. It's like I I want to I want to hug it like I'm in jail eating a meal and looking both sides to see who's coming after my my cornbread. And we haven't you had one I mean? in a bit either because we traded them all away. Right. So it's just like it, let's not let's not get crazy here and and then you know, but I want to go for the guy that's that I'm not saying is better than Kreider or Palmieri in any situation like that, but like you mentioned, it might just be one of those minimal moves that he needs to do. And I think Toffoli is that move. It's not like a it's not a blockbuster. I don't think it's going to take more than a second round pick and possibly a prospect. Yeah. So let's do it. I mean, he's. I mean, let's just say he's going to be a rental with the intentions of. You know, he's a good player. He's 28. He's still got seven, eight, nine more years to go in his... I'm not saying that he, the Bruins would, would, would entertain signing long-term, yeah. but maybe a year to prove it, see how he does here after after the rest of the regular season and playoffs, plays a full season and says, where, where are we right now? How's your cap? Can you retain me? Or should I walk free agency? And, but it's just, the, you know, the Kreider, the Boston thing, I get it, blah, blah, blah plays certain things, checks off all the boxes. I understand that, but sometimes, like you said, it doesn't take that guy to 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 go come in there and put the focus on him and then like restructure the chemistry that's actually going on right now. Yeah, that's for teams that are might have a chance of making the playoffs. Wildcard teams, right? That's <laughs> not for a team that has been in the top three teams, maybe four, depending. We did exactly. have a couple, of, but there's a reason that St. Louis and Boston. They neither team has changed their team structure that much in the last twelve months, but both teams are still consistently winning and doing what they are. And are they the same exact? No, but the system is still the same. The players are mostly still the same. You know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yep. Teams like that or Washington, you know, you don't blow that shit up in February twenty fourth. <laughs> you blow it up when you're like, 
a team like the Rangers or Montreal that are looking at like Back in December, if certain though. things happen. No, but like even now, there's only ten points that's really separating those people in the wild card race, right? Um, those teams are like we talked about in the Pacific Division alone in the West. Every day, there's a different person in the top three. There's four teams that are consistently rotating in and out, but. Those are the teams, Calgary's of the world say to themselves, if I just get this one extra piece is going to be enough to assure that I'm in those top three or I make that wild card. And then once we're in, we'll figure it out. I mean, it's just, the I, I don't, it's ridiculous. And also, you don't know what is, there's not as much out there. Some years, there's lots of talk and lots of teams are willing. We have a bunch of teams that, suck that are probably willing you could make good deals with them but do you really want to take on parts that aren't working that well unless it's like a Toffoli or someone or Otto's yeah. got a couple parts that would be shiny and, to grab and like, we was, like I was talking about that first round pick this is supposed to be a huge draft mm. very very deep yeah I'm um, not saying it's going to be a record one like well, Don the... Sweeney doesn't know how to draft yeah no, I know I'm just kidding. I know I can't wait to hear that I'm just that. kidding I mean I can't wait to hear that. The same you... people that say that, like Lozon, you do know he was one of the 2015 draft picks, right? Second rounder. Yeah, second rounder. Well, with, and what so are... was Carlo. Yeah, Brandon, Brandon Carlo. What do you got? The Jake DeBrosque, right? He was 2015. Yeah. Yeah. Who else? Yosenishin, who will be all right. Yeah, I hope so. I don't know if he'll ever be up on things. Playing but well. He's playing well down He's the developing as a professional goes. Got an article coming out soon uh, on the blackandgoldhockey.com website about my, uh, I think I might go three Maybe even five. I, I might do five. Who knows? About the Providence Bruins that are playing down there that are considered, air quote, prospects. Not AHL contracts that you have to sign to, to a two-way con, NHL deal, but just five or three or five players that I think that should get recalls as a, an emergency situation, obviously, and uh, as a thank you to say, hey, you earned a couple of these games maybe at the, la- at the end of the season when we have a comfort zone because... Right now, I don't, I don't know if they want to start adding young talent out of Providence with the way they're playing right now. And, um, and uh, my notes, uh, uh, five points. Washington's five points behind us and when you think about the conference lead and three points behind uh, for Tampa Bay when you think about divisional lead. Mm. This isn't the time you want to mess around with chemistry and bring in a kid in. But if you can create a little gap in the, in the standings with points, and get back to like I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but when we started the year it was fifteen point gap mm-hmm. that this team had on everybody in the in the Atlantic division and or the conference, whatever. Um, that would have been a time to do it. But um, all right, so that was my end of the topic there for that. Um Heather, we got another fifteen minutes. So all right, you well throw what in do a we couple. Have? Oh well I was gonna say, um the trade deadline, we kind of talked about things, but days David Backus gave his A-team list he's willing to trade to, so keep an eye on that. Um, yeah, I mean, again... Has every, not played in Providence yet, folks. I mean, next week, maybe we'll do a little segment of how do you think the team will look tomorrow by three, but honestly, I would oh, not be right. surprised because that's we'll the day right before up the trade the deadline. Yeah. Yep, so. oh See, I'm a thinker. See, this, yeah. you think I'm a weirdo with always knowing no, the schedule. No, this is exactly but... why I have you on the program. <laughs> think, like, my boss is always like... When the Bruins play next, who are we playing? Like, normally I know. And then the other day, he, like, asked me. I'm like, well, 
Jesus Christ, we're playing somebody on Saturday. I think Detroit. Stop asking. I'm like, you Why don't think George I George listen to the show? I'm like, I don't. You don't think I? I oh, I'm, I'm a weirdo. I have it written on the calendar at work. It's in my plan, like that. But I also look at it compulsively, and I memor. I just have a memory kind of brain. But I'm always like, geez, what do you think? I got the whole memory, <laughs> the whole thing scheduled. He's always like, maybe not the whole schedule, but probably the next week or two. And I'm like, yeah, it's cool. right. Like, oh, like, that was the with the double, the back to backs the other week. I was like, oh, something Chicago. What am I? Um, anyways, but Bacchus could be moved, not moved. We don't know. That doesn't mean anything. Uh, if he does not get moved, it expands to 15-team list in the offseason, which is another option uh, like we talked Bio about. Too. I think that he is going to want his money at least this season and might be willing to negotiate later. But yep. the way it's gone down, yep. like we talked about, kind of necessary but also shady on both parts like no pun know. intended but if he skates to the end of the season mm. with nothing happening yeah. the Bruins definitely buying him out because the option to save more money long periods of term because yeah. it's going to be stretched out within a couple of years yeah. that's the way CBA is structured um it's lower in min- it's minimal compared to this season when it's like i think it's like a million something when next season it's only 385,000 so it's more favorable in the cap to buy him out over the uh, the offseason if he goes that far. And then we'll have room for buyouts, too, because we're losing two buyouts this year off of our list. Yes. So. Belusky and uh, yeah, that's, Seidenberg yeah, are gone. That's finally. like two and a half, like whatever. Uh, I got to be honest. If nothing happens at the trade line, as long as I hear the words, Tori Kruger signs an extension <laughs> yeah. at this point, because I'm sorry. All right. Um, so anyways, Bacchus, I wanted, um, again, someone that we love and not everybody loves, and you kind of already brought up, but uh, Dan Heinen, right? Dan Heinen's Welcome back. Welcome back, Kata. Like, all of a sudden, it was like he wasn't there. All of a sudden, it was like, oh, Heinen's back. It's literally like the third line, just the gang's all here again. Like, oh, my God. Where were you, Dan? I don't know. I was I'm in the closet. I'm a fan of the Coyle-Bjork-Heinen lineup. Regardless of Heinen's points, I know it's, I'm going to get attacked for. He doesn't serve any purpose. He doesn't play a two-way game, blah, 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 blah. He's actually still in the top part of the sco- the people scoring on the sheets. So. Yeah, so it's just, it's. It, I mean, he's a... He's a complimentary player when it comes to sustainability um i he's has he been going through struggles absolutely we talked about it last Mm -hmm. week and and was it warranted that he sat for four straight games and had everybody like wondering what was going to happen to him absolutely i don't know if four games again there's nothing he was doing that was so there's a 10 other people i could pick to sit down for four games than two we're gonna play that but obviously he comes back and he and he plays a little stronger i'm not saying he was lightning any lighting anything up but he was obviously showed cassidy something when he returned to the lineup that he belonged for a, a short period of time and i thought he's doing good with coil i think reemergence and reemerging them together with the addition of bjork being down Coleman going up on the second line. I think he's been okay. Add the speed factor. A little bit of grit, but nothing crazy. Yeah. You know, for a smaller guy. A good uh, good penalty killer. Um, I just think that what we're seeing right now is pretty damn good. I like I like kinda in the lineup. I'm not <laughs> I'm I'm not a hater. I'm on the fence on him. I see I see I see value on the team and in and, and, and the trade market. So you can't you can't come at me with uh you gotta pick one. Well, like we said, it was kind of confusing because he wasn't really doing anything like everyone else. Like, because when he first got benched, it was like everyone had been playing crappy for about a month before. You know what I mean, or whatever. There was nothing egregious that he wasn't that he wasn't necessarily hurting play. It's not like you know every goal going in, he happens to be on the ice kind of thing. 
we think Bruce Cassidy likes him. He has shown that he does. I so. so, I mean, I'm, again, I think it's weird to sit someone more than a game or two, do you know, especially yep. because he is someone who's consistently in your lineup. He's not really one you pop in and out, you know. Uh, I know that's going to upset a lot of people who are in love with the new third line or whatever, but oh well, like all relationships, sometimes they break up faster than you want them to. Sure. Uh, but I'd rather have my, my old third line popping like it usually does. So I like Danton. He's back. He got an assist. And also with the, the points, I don't understand this. The team is literally made of three scorers, a defenseman that can help them score. And one. now, yes, people have gotten more points since we got back from break. But like for a long time, most of the season, it was very abysmal, the gap. So I'd like to argue, actually, Dan Heine was always at the top end of the sixth or seventh guy, even if other people have gotten points in the last two weeks. So I don't understand why people hate, like, and I get that. There are probably people out there that are like, why does she hate Kevin Miller so much? <laughs> I don't hate him as a human being. I'm sure he's very lovely. She but as for, a, as for, yeah, on the ice, right, you know, just like, I hate Jimmy Hayes. I don't know why, besides he just takes up space in my world. A lot of space for way longer than I needed him to. I'm sure he's a lovely dude. Did you hear the recent chick list when he, with him I, on no, it? No, I listened to the last time he was on. I he don't think I can face. listen to it for another he one. He was shit face. It's funny. Um, I'm just trying to listen to Jack Eichel because I didn't have enough room to listen to it the other day. So now I got him downloaded. Um, check lists, but yeah, so I'm glad Heinen's back. And I know you like Heinen. Yeah. And for the three other people who also really love Heinen. <laughs> no, again, like I understand if he goes in a trade thing. I understand that value in that. Yeah. But I also, again, like I don't blow your chemistry up over what, like, and I, and at this point, if you trade a Heinen for a Trifoli, you're getting, it's apples to oranges. So what's the point kind yeah. of thing, you know, because again, just uh, price wise or whatever, yep. like you said, you're doing lateral, you're not, no one's moving up or down in this chain. Also, who's going to trade for worse players? You know what? I think we're playing a little too well. Right. I'd like to be the first wild card this year. No, I'm just kidding. Luckily. But the gap is growing, like you said about the gap. Sorry to go back to this. Besides Tampa, we still have a pretty good gap on all of the other people in the Atlantic. Yep. But, all right. What do we got going? What was the other thing? Oh, that's right. We almost forgot. Uh-oh. David Krejci. Oh, yeah. Played his 900th game. Bruce Cassidy got his 200th win. But David Krejci played his 900th game. So I thought, let's review David Krejci's Bruins career. Okay. Well, and some things that aren't his Bruins Bust career. But, so anyways, uh, we got him actually uh, 63rd overall. He was supposed uh, would have been our third round pick, but we swapped with San Jose. So we took him in 2004. He was drafted behind Mikhail Yunkov, and he was drafted before Martins Carsoms. Guess oh. who went one and two in that year? Do you know who went one and two in that year? No, but Carsoms funny. <laughs> <laughs> Alexander Ovechkin and uh, Evgeny Malkin. So the Russian duo came in that year. They were one and two. So not a bad draft. Good draft class. If you look through, you got the Gonchars of the world. There's a lot of people in that draft thing, but. Uh, he was drafted out of the Czech Junior League, where he played for Kladno, and then he played for two years for the Gatineau Olympiques in the Quebec Major Junior. I thought you'd like that. That was yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, he played for Providence for a season, but then in 07, late January, played his first NHL game, and then in February, scored his first NHL goal. He's had 900 games, 
since that he moved up because the first season he played in Providence, the next year he played 56 of the games up in the Bruins. So that's really kind of his first year. But 207 goals, 475 assists with 682 points. For all of those who say that Krejci doesn't do his job, that's pretty solid numbers, I think, for 900 games, injury battled and all. But that's not all. He's also represented the Czech team in the World Juniors, in the World Championships, in the U18s, and two times at the Olympics on the awesome. Czech thing. Uh, I don't think they. I don't think he got any medals at the Olympics, but still, he uh, also. I think people forget was our leading point scorer in 2011 and 13 during yes. the playoffs, uh-huh. and without David Krejci's hot ass stick. And Timmy Thomas's floppy flop flops. We might not have had our 2011 cups. But anyways, thank you for your service, David Krejci. I love you. Mama never wants to trade you, whatever the crazy train is. But you've done your time. You came in. You've been consistent. Chris Blackie's just got a kickstand from you talking about Well, this. I'm just saying that. I mean, David Krejci's underappreciated. We Boing. talk about this. Like, David Krejci and Patrice Bergeron are, like, the same person, like, we need to anchor our, th- you know what I mean? Like, other centers have come and gone. Yep. But Bergeron and Krejci, they stay consistent and they stay there as long as they're not injured and they're on the ice. Yes. So that's that. What else did, can I just look on this list? Oh, so real quick, we didn't kind of look at us, but. No stopping you now, Heather. The Bruins, no one's stopping me now. <laughs> Good news is we have four minutes left and I talk really fast. So uh, anyways, the Bruins right now, we're 59 games played. We got 36 wins, 11 losses, 12 o, uh, OTs. We got 84 points. We're one, 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 one. We're awesome. We're number one. We're number one. We continue to be, uh, although Tampa Bay is breathing down our neck in the Atlantic. So keep it together. Uh, we're 8-2 in the last 10 games. We're 8 out of 9. Woo, stupid Detroit. Whatever, whatever. So you beat us, and we, then we beat you, and we still got 50-something points more than you, so shut up. No, I'm just kidding. That's thing. But we're on a streak. We still got a plus 51 goal differential, so even when we're not scoring a lot. also wanted to mention that David Pasternak is tied for first with, uh, what's his name? Connor McDate and Austin Matthews. Sorry. Got him confused. They look like the same person to me, although I do prefer McDavid. Anyways, 42 goals. Woo. He's second on the points list with 82 points. Brad Marchand is sixth on the points list with 73 and fourth on the assist because he got his number 50, which you never went back to mention again. But Marchand, 50 assists. He's well on his way to having another complete season. And who knows? He always kicks it up the last couple weeks of the season. We'll see what he gets. I don't want to say underbugged. Tory Krug's on the defenseman list. He's got 31 <laughs> assists. Uh, he's tied with someone who doesn't matter in my world. So whoever. <laughs> uh, Tuka Rask is first on the goals against average with 2.08, which is always weird to me. How do you put it eight, an eight hundredth of a goal in? That's just Ooh. very strange. Um Anyways, and he's number one with a 931 save percentage. Yarrow is number eight on the goals against with 236 and 10th on the goals against average with 921. They're both on the shutout list. I'm pretty sure Tuka's floating around the top 10 with the wins. Uh, anyways, the Bruins are being awesome. Let's look at the league. Five teams, by, well, not the league, just our conference. I like to look at our conference in whatever. So Tampa Bay is only one point behind us as of this morning. They also have a, an extra game or something that they have. Um, Toronto has 70 points because they won't go away. Those are your top three for the Atlantic. You got Washington 
with 78 points or something. I don't know, 79 points. I couldn't read my own writing. Pittsburgh with 76 points and the Islanders with 72. Uh, wild cards looking very heavy. Metro here. Columbus has got the first wild card in Philly. They have one and two with 71 points. Carolina's got 69 points. Florida's got 66. And strangely, the New York Rangers are the only ones that are. They got 64. I'm surprised. Like, I don't know. We But that doesn't leave anybody in the Atlantic out because Buffalo's got 60. Montreal's got 62. Florida's got 66. They might sneak in there for the wild card. I think Florida. I'm hoping that Toronto falls out of it, but they keep winning sometimes right. when they need to and then losing horrible. But anyways, we're first, but like I said, Tampa Bay is up our butts right now, literally. So no losing this week. We need these points because yes. Vasilevsky's never going to lose a game. I don't know what's going on with him. Stop winning, yeah. Andre. The uh, I don't know how to say stop winning in Russian, but I'm saying it in my own heart. To add a little bit of statage to um, what Heather was just saying, the uh, Boston Bruins in the last nine games have scored 30 goals and only allowed 12. That is something that's impressive moving forward onto this four-game roadie that's happening starting today. Also, this is a very good stat from um, the post-game of the yesterday afternoon's Boston Bruins game. 4-1 to win against the Detroit Red Wings at TD Garden. Uh, after allowing the first goal, the Bruins are 15-4-4. So an opponent scores, and then the Bruins feed off of that to have a record like that. That is impressive. I'm kind of concerned, though, what the record is when we have the lead, when we score first. Oh, I'm, just I'm just kidding. You negative bitch. I am <laughs> negative. But you know what's positive? Reviews, people. Yes. Rate and review, please. My heart is sad. I have not seen anything up there. I love when people write things. You can write half this crazy. I don't care. Five-star write- rating. Yeah, and five star say rating. something bad about us. That's fine. That's fine. Have we'll a talk sure the, the five star ratings are absolutely huge for us, and we certainly appreciate it. She's insane. She likes Danton Heinen. That's fine. You can say what you want about me. That's fine. Another thing that we certainly appreciate is uh, is the Patreon, and I want to update everybody on that. It's it's uh, we're suspending the T-shirt thing as of right now. I I have to get caught up, but we I believe I don't think that folks longtime folks are are taking us off of their payment and and helping us financially i think that um credit cards are being updated and folks just uh, are forgetting to sign up and i'm not gonna go and reach out that's not me you guys have been amazing on the funds that you've given so far so um if you think about it come back we'd love to have you but um you know so as soon as we get more uh patreon members uh the t-shirts will get back on board i i have a list uh, Hollis, don't for, I'm not going to forget you. Chirpy, I'm not going to forget you. Joe Marshall, I'm not going to forget you. Eric Blackie, can't forget that guy. You guys have all been amazing. I owe you shirts, but as of right now, Patreon is suspended until we can get some more subscribers on board. And you can do that if you want to get on board and get back on the whole t-shirt giveaways. Please go to patreon.com slash podcast and donate just $1. That's it. And if and once we do that, once we get more, we'll just get more involved and start doing a weekly thing. Um, so we we certainly appreciate everything we've gotten to this far. You guys have really helped us out, um, cut the costs of of you know doing this web uh, podcast and, and and the website. So uh, big kudos to you guys. And I just want to give you that update and just so folks don't think that I'm 
ignoring them and so on. It's just been crazy in here. We're trying to get paperwork done to start a business uh, through this whole thing. So um, my I'm a one-person operation alongside my co-host Tether, but we also have 17 great writers at the web at the website um, that work very hard. That um, I do the copy editing for. So my day is very very busy, full of uh, my 40-hour week, and and basically this is a second job. So. Um, just trying to get caught up. Everything's like in, in serious um, steps forward for us as a group here at Black and Gold. And, and can't thank you enough for your patience. But also, if there's any frustrations out there, I wanted to come out and just say this is what's happening. Because I know I try to get everything involved into a, a, a two-hour show at most. But um, so uh, if you have any concerns or anything like that, please reach out. Use the Patreon thing to get in touch with me personally and we'll talk about it and and i'll see what i can do but uh until then we're just gonna suspend the things for a little while until we can get back on track so tell your friends tell your family tell your folks share all right we will talk to you next week for episode 157 of the black and gold hockey podcast thank you so much for the listeners thank you everybody for sharing thank you every it's just been an amazing community the podcast community we all reach out uh, I want to talk about my favorite podcast that I listen to, Bruins-related, and then we might even talk about some league-wide podcasts that we do in Heather's Rant segment or something like that. Well, if people were paying attention to the website, they would know you did a lovely Your Favorite Bruins I did. podcast. I did. So, I accidentally found it when I was looking up something. <laughs> nice. no, I'm just kidding. I'm just nice. kidding. All right. So thank you very much for all the listeners. We appreciate all the participation, the shares, the listens. The It's just guys have been amazing. So we will talk to you next week and right before trade deadline. So it's going to be an exciting show. Thank you. Stay tuned. Thanks again for listening to and supporting the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.